The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. In a week that had seen the WWE really disrespect its fans in more ways than one, and also in some ways, has decided to maybe try and right a wrong or not. You decide. But then we've also arguably got what is probably going to be the most enjoyable wrestling weekend of the year. This is Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla UK. It is a live edition, folks, so this might be a little bit rough or raw around the edges. Take your pick on how you want to phrase that. And it is Friday the 3rd of September. I am Jeremy Graves, and I am joined by my cohort in crime, my partner in crime, or simply the leader of the pack. You take your pick. I would describe him as being, he is my crash holly if I'm hardcore holly as part of the hollies. It's Ian Bolton. Ian, how are you doing? Hello. And uh, <laughs> I think as you were saying about uh, things being kind of rough around the edges, I, in a, I just, I probably appeared just, just as he did the intro. So, <laughs> so yes, we are live. See, it's all, it's all proof. And just because we're live, we're not in the right sync. So I'm going over here. Ah. Hey, there we go. Mysteries, but yes, I'm I'm Crash Holly. Okay, that's. Ooh. I mean, think no, of it this way: it, it you, kinda, you, you, you had the hardcore title run. You got to do yeah. a hardcore championship defense in like a kid stop, like a ball pit. Mm. Yeah. You know, think of all the fun that you had. This is true. Um, I do love ball pits in terms of all the uh, oh fun indoor fun indoor places. I remember. <laughs> Take me back to my childhood. Ah. I don't know why I'm going off with this tangent. I mean, put it this way, look, I'm Hardcore Holly, and I had a WWE Championship match, I think it was, against Scott Steiner, and I got injured. Yep. You also had a championship match against Brock Lesnar, and that didn't end well. You kind of you kind of just had a, like a seven-minute match at the Royal Rumble, and not, 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 not a care was given. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens at the Royal Rumble, it turns out. But do you know what, though? We've been talking about, like, a big four pay-per-view there. SummerSlam happened this past week. We are going to be getting to that, everybody. We've got AEW to talk about. Lots of other things as well. But, Ian, before we go any further, I'm going to ask you to pull up a special banner because we want to make sure that we can tell people how they can support Bunkerzilla. Yes. And other additional programming that can be found yes. on Bunkerzilla. There Here we go. Goes. So if you want to know about how you can follow us, subscribe, and all that sort of stuff, just do the... Uh, exclamation point support in the twitch chat and you'll get all the information you desire and there we go i'll take it off screen now there we go but i think before we get going and i don't mean to start things on a bit of a somber note but the biggest bit of wrestling news to have broken overnight at the time we're we're live and recording here is the fact that uh that daphne who um i'm sorry I'm, um shannon spurrell sorry if i've apologies if i've ruined that, that pronunciation there uh, unfortunately she she passed away under pretty tragic circumstances to be quite frank and we did want to take yeah. a moment to acknowledge that now ian i mean just being honest about it how much for want of a better word experience have you with daphne's in-ring career um to be perfectly honest absolutely zero and mm. that's not and that's because of me not paying attention it's just i i wasn't well aware of uh daphne be mm. before this unfortunate news broke um and yes and Judging by obviously the the the, the groundswell of support and and a memory shared by the wrestling community online since the the unfortunate news of her passing, uh, she was very loved. She was very respected, and especially for a lot of WCW fans, she's fondly remembered. 
So it's it is a it is a great great loss. It is really is, and I mean my, my experience. You've just said it there, like WCW. That's where I first encountered her, and if memory serves. She debuted being aligned with David Flair and Crowbar, otherwise known as Devin Storm. And mm-hmm. the whole idea was they were kind of a bit on, on the crazier side of things. So mm-hmm. she was became like the manager of, of them. And one of her trademarks was that she would just scream like a right. ringside. So she okay. would do a lot of stuff. And she was a really fun and bubbly character. And in fairness, actually got really popular because of that as well, because it was something a bit different. And in the grand scheme of things, with how crazy WCW was, it was actually one of the most sane things you would see each week on the program. <laughs> and it, it led to a lot of random stuff. Like there was a whole screaming thing, like I mentioned. She just very much organically became popular. Mm-hmm. Her relate, I'll say relationship or alliance, however you want to phrase it, with David Flair and Crowbar took a weird turn at one point because if I remember correctly, Miss Hancock, who was Stacy, who would later be known as Stacy Keebler in the context mm-hmm. of wrestling, she would try and sort of swoon david flair away from her and mm. they ended up having like a wedding gown match together on wcw programming okay and, i know right and there was a kind of a <laughs> unique championship situation as well involving her because she is actually the second woman to have held the wcw cruiserweight championship oh, because okay. at the time i think it was david flair was the champion he was having a feud with with the late chris candido mm-hmm. and there was a moment where i think I want to say it was some kind of tag team match because it's WCW uh, for the title. And it mm. basically came down where Candido did like a spike tombstone on a chair on, like to Ooh. David Flair and then just okay. left the ring. Kind of went, no, we're done with this. But the match was still technically going. And okay. so then Daphne kind of went over to check on David Flair as you do maybe, you know, hug your compadre. And the match mm. was still going. So the ref counted three and she was champion. <laughs> as you do, as you become a champion in, in WCW. Yeah, no, there was a, I, I do remember there was a wonderful moment where she became champion and there was that moment of, what? And then like the ref was holding the belt to her and she just went, what? Gimme! Mine! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but that was kind of the frenetic nature of her character and that's why she was mm. drawn to where so many people were drawn to her. And then when WCW folded, eventually she would end up in TNA. And if mm-hmm. I remember, she was involved in a storyline involving, I mean, if you've not seen TNA before, this will blow your mind. Uh, involved in the storyline when Stevie Richards became a therapist known as Dr. Stevie. And All then right. <laughs> she formed like an alliance slash tag team slash trio relationship thing with Abyss. And so okay. that was a whole thing that went on for a while. Right. She, was, she was also a parody of Sarah Palin. I think it was like the Alaskan governor who tried to run for vice president one year. Okay. Yeah. She's she done a lot of, of weird stuff. She was also Shark Girl. If you've heard of Shark Boy, there was Shark Girl involved as well. So, it, it, but the thing that is, that I think is crucial in all this, like you said, the outpouring of support and just how much she always brought a smile to people's faces. Yeah. Be it in the ring, outside of the ring, just reading stories of people saying she wanted to train and learn more. And just would go to like indie shows while under contract with WCW just to learn more and bits and bobs like that. Just it's just, it's just it's a real shame. And obviously, condolences to all friends and family. It is a yeah. real shame. And yeah, there isn't much more I can really add to that. I don't think, unless you wanted to close out with anything in particular. But it is a genuine, genuine tragedy and a shame. Yeah, as as a lot of uh, of a wrestling. Uh, sites and reporters and fans have all have all said even wrestlers themselves um in, in light of the circumstances in terms of mental health and support 
there is support always out there. There are, there are many, many channels for people to get that support. So again, it's like this, this tragedy just still highlights the importance of mental health discussion and being able to support one another when we are in those sort of down moments. But yeah, it, it, it's a very sad story. And um, yeah, she will be missed. She'll be greatly missed by the wrestling community. Indeed. Indeed. And forgive me for not having a better way to to segue or perhaps change the subject from that. But in terms of other things that have occurred this week, as I mentioned, yeah. we're going to be talking about, about SummerSlam weekend, which took place last weekend. SummerSlam mm-hmm. was in the, what was it called? Was it the Allegiant Stadium in Las yes. Vegas? Yes, a brand new stadium. Nice little venue. Must admit, it's a very nice looking stadium. It, it does work well. It's also given just where we're at in, you know, in the grand scheme of the world in general at this point. It's very weird to mm. see that many people in one place. <laughs> yes. I think it was what about it was about fifty-three thousand or fifty odd thousand. Fifty odd thousand at least, yeah. I know I know they did the attendance number, but obviously take that with a pinch of salt. No, in WWE. It's, it's wrestling <laughs> attendance, you know. Yes, wrestling <laughs> attendance. Basically, everyone who was technically in the building at any given time. Or if you're an Arsenal fan, as I did at one point, it was how many tickets had been sold, including season tickets that hadn't shown up. <laughs> okay. That's how you inflate attendance, everybody. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so SummerSlam overall, Ian, as an mm. experience, and I'm using that word in inverted commas, how do you rate SummerSlam as an overall experience? On paper, I think there was some... <laughs> on, on paper, that I think that there was an opportunity for this to be an actually really, really stellar event. In all honesty, um, SummerSlam's a bit of a kind of... It's a tale of different things. I mean, for starters, I personally miss the under three hours pay-per-view because, my God, was this long. And we'll touch on that a bit later on. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was kind of a weird sort of event where there are some good little moments here and there, but the talking points, I think, which we will be talking about in, in this episode, I think the talking points paint a more sort of negative kind of, oh, well, it's back to back to typical WWE booking at the, in this rate. Um, because obviously this comes head over here. This comes, this comes like hours, nearly a day after CM Punk returns for AEW. Um, and we will talk about AEW and CM Punk and all that. And so I'm sure that had no influence whatsoever on things no. that happened. I, I, I don't know if we were having like a Facebook chat just the messenger chat, like the day after a day after uh, Punk appeared in AW, and I don't know if I don't know if it's you or to someone else. And I just said, I have a bad feeling WWE are going to do something a little bit stupid to try and uh, to try and steal the thunder. And to be perfectly honest, uh, I think this image kind of sums it up like that. Yeah. <laughs> see, you see, the, the, the dumb thing is. If you have no context on its own, that image could seem like incredibly smart. I bet it was a great match. It's an all-time mm. classic that will be on future compilations and best of moments that WWE release and will be revered as a grand moment in SummerSlam history. And people are so happy that they were either A, there in attendance or B, took the time to watch this four-hour experience to see that epic contest which we'll get to shortly, which went for an incredible amount of time. Yes, incredible amount of time. Drama, action, thrills, suspense, 
emotion. <laughs> emotion. Logic. You could argue that none of that was there. But, okay. uh, so, so, where, where should we, so where should we start off with SummerSlam? So I guess uh, just to sort of round off the discussion on the overall thing, uh, overall, so this is the, I think this is where our opinions are going to differ slightly because I watched this over six sittings <laughs> because because <laughs> that's how but I, honestly that isn't because of how necessarily how bad it was it's just the amount of free time i had that day so right. it was kind of a thing where i just had to get in like a match or two every so often like watching it on my phone and stuff like that it was just the way things worked out but there was a point where i kept thinking well, there can't be many more matches left can there and then they're just, there oh, were. Oh, and then no, I, oh, I, oh. <laughs> I know, right? And that's the thing. And I remember like a lot of the talk going into SummerSlam was because there was the Manny Pacquiao fight also happening in Vegas, which I'm guessing ended up being Pacquiao versus someone else because no one cared about it. But so that the idea was they were going to finish the show, like make it three hours or finish it at a particular time so that mm. people could then hop over to the other venue to watch the fight. And seemingly, yeah. by the time the main event got in the ring, the Pacquiao fight was also in the ring. So Vince yeah. McMahon seemingly agreed to this and then basically just went, <laughs> up yours, basically. I think he kind of just went, they're telling me I should only have three hours. Add an extra hour. If you, want to go back to, if you want to go back to circa 2003 Bischoff, three minutes. Oh... There's a reference people have not wanted to think about for a while, or maybe uh, they have. So I guess just the show overall. Now, admittedly, in the notes you, you, you've kindly prepared for this edition of the show, yes. you've noted that Biggie defeated Baron Corbin. I literally didn't even know this happened because unlike most WWE pay-per-views, this was not referenced anywhere on the show to my recollection. Uh, this was a kickoff match. Um, in the SmackDowns running up to SummerSlam, they were still going with the uh, down-on-his-luck Baron Corbin. Hmm. Um, which which has been a really good, fun story, little storyline and things like TikToks. There's a brilliant TikTok video of Baron Corbin having a terrible day as like down as like Baron Corbin. It's like he, he can't get, he's not allowed into the building. Uh, <laughs> he gets fined for violating dress code. He thinks he's getting paid for the TikTok. He doesn't pan out in the end. But um, the, the part of the latest, part of the latest story to kind of build on this sort of, the luck is getting worse and he's trying to find a little bit, a little rub, a little, a little bit of good luck. Um, he steals my, uh, the money in the bank briefcase from Biggie after losing, I think, to Finn Balor quite quickly after costing him the contract for the SummerSlam. And yeah, essentially this match was basically just Biggie just squashing him and then taking the case and then life carries on. And it, and it led to kind of like the birth of the happy Corbin character uh, because after SummerSlam, we have the, we have the videos and we have the Instagram videos of, of Corbin hitting it lucky in Vegas, earning lots and lots of money. Now he's happy. And now he comes to the ring with Las Vegas music and he's too damn happy to care if people tell him to leave. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, this was a match that was kind of, I think in a way to kind of remind people Biggie was there and also had the money in the bank briefcase. Um, and that's about it. That is about it. But because really? the reason I say I didn't even know it happened, I mean, and maybe like they had one of their kickoff recap panels, and I actually just skipped it for once because sometimes mm. I normally give them a watch, and I. But now it's just like no, not watching that. But yeah. um, but I don't. This wasn't referenced anywhere on the show, to my knowledge, because normally they'll reference a kickoff match, like how I found out the tag team titles had changed hands on Money in the Bank via oh, yes. a quick recap. Like literally, that's how they do it. And at mm. this point, are kickoff matches actually canon or not in WWE? Who knows? 
because it was one point i think it was i mean i've touched on this before there was like a bragging yeah. rights match or something involving the new day and even like xavier woods tweeted oh i guess that, i guess it doesn't mean it counts then you know mm. <laughs> oh wasn't it wasn't it survivor series yeah, there you go. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's a bragging yeah. rights. Yeah, we were talking about that. we were talking about this when we were going over money in the bank. Yeah, yeah. So that that's why like, it was weird to me. But but the actual opener of the show, that being RK Brovi, AJ and Omos, uh, Omos, mm-hmm. Omos, however you meant to pronounce it, uh, for the tag team titles, the Raw ones. I really liked this, and yeah. I, I've not been, I've not seen much of the whole RK Bro involvement. I thought the video package they did to kind of recap things was perfect for me, and just I love the fact that Matt Riddle loves randy orton it's yeah. so good just the little the little quirks that he does like the little posing even like singing his theme song and mouthing it the entire way down the exceedingly long entrance way yeah. it was just such good fun and that's what wrestling's meant to be fun but mm. good fun yes and that's good absolutely. fun and i i really enjoyed this match over i thought it was i thought it was good fun told a good story and the payoff was really good as well yeah i i mean rk bro is one of the one of the better things on Raw, really. Um, and <laughs> it, it, by a country mile, to be perfectly honest. And the fact is, this this is a, a weird sort of partnership that has just kind of blossomed into this weird odd couple. Um, there's wonderful sort of video packages of this odd couple thing of, say, Randy, do you want your own scooter? No. Stop it. <laughs> and it's like, what planet are you on? Um, and, stuff like that. and yeah, to have it pay off, I think a lot of people expected them to become tag team champions pretty, pretty quickly once I think they they found their groove. And yeah, it's a nice little, nice little and energetic opener, and you get new champions as well. So the crowd are already buzzing for the card ahead. So yeah, I mean, it's quite nice. Um, at the moment, I think they are they are still kind of. I, I think post raw. Well, actually, I think I'm trying to think what happened. I mean, it's like the Raw after SummerSlam and all that sort of, it's all become a little bit of a strange, like, smorgasbord of things because... So like most Raws then. Yeah, yeah. So it's like all the main eventers and tag teams are just kind of smushed because I think the... No, no, it was Bobby Lashley and MVP uh, on this past Monday. I will say that um, it was really nice to see that a a team that had become champion at WrestleMania had a really competitive match to lose the championships that they held. It was really yes. nice to see that happen, you know, mm, because surely absolutely. that's how a champion should be able to lose their belt in a competitive mm. way. Mm. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, I guess to sort of like, so we don't labor on SummerSlam too much for the until the end of time, we'll do sort of just a couple of matches in a row. So we had Alexa, B- Alexa Briss, that's a different name, uh, Alexa Bliss defeating Eva Marie. Uh, the highlight of this basically being that, uh, that, that Dewdrop, Piper Niven, Viper, whatever you want to call her, are basically, mm. from what I can tell, breaking away from Eva Marie, which was great and got to see her do her thing. And yeah. I'm really happy that she's on Raw. I know a lot of, I know there's been things said by, from based on what I can gather from Twitter and stuff, but I'm just happy to see do drop on Raw. And I'm not sure how they followed up on it, but that was nice to see. Well, they followed up. They had um, uh, Do drop and Eva Marie were supposed to have a match on Raw this week. Uh, Do drop uh, attacked Eva before the bell rang and the match didn't happen. So it's kind of that feud is still kind of going on to a slight degree. I don't know. Um, but in all honesty, um, couldn't care less about this match, unfortunately. Oh, uh, I, 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 I agree for the record. I agree with that. Um, and again, that's not against the, the talent involved. The creative's just a load of bull. I need uh, to ask <laughs> them, given that you decided to watch Raw and fair play to you. Well, I is- don't watch Raw. I kind of <laughs> skimmed the highlights. 
<laughs> and I rely on other sites to tell me if it's good or not at this moment. So, is Dewdrop meant to be a heel then, given that I, she attacked Eva Marie? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I think we've gone into like, should we be booing or cheering Rhea? I don't know. Now you we know, just kind you of move that over there. You know what we really need at this point? I don't know if you've ever heard of this story. There was a point in TNA when Vince Russo was writing like the scripts. Okay. And there was a and there was a an episode of Impact script that got leaked online, and it literally oh, okay. told you people who were like faces and heels, and there were like loads of websites basically using that as like no, according to this script, they're a heel, and you're like how? But the other thing it also did it also coined the term for um like when you have like fireworks and stuff at the beginning or during mm. an entrance, it was termed in the script as pyro and ballyhoo. <laughs> okay. As Honestly, look it up. It's good fun. Mm. Uh, next up, Damian Priest defeating Sheamus to become new US champion. Yes. I've not seen Damian Priest for a while. I really like the presentation of him. It's abundantly clear they actually care about Damian Priest, which is very refreshing to see. I really enjoyed this match. Really hard hitting. The whole stuff with the mask played into it as well. Yep. This, again, is another example of a good championship match and a competitive yeah. one. And Damian Priest looked freaking great in this. Oh, absolutely. Hard-hitting match. Um, I, it, it shows It shows that WWE ha- sees something in Damian Priest at this moment. He's United States champion. He pinned Drew McIntyre this past Monday on Raw in a triple threat for the United States championship. Um, they clearly, I, I hope that means they clearly see something more to him than he's friends with Bad Bunny. Um, because I think that was the fear coming out of WrestleMania when he was still feuding with Miz and Morrison week after week after week. It was just basically, oh, well, Damien Priest is stuck in the mid-card vortex of hell or something like that. But no, um, and also he's been he's been stepping up to people like Lashley in a few promos in the last couple of Raws. So it's looking good for him. It's looking good for him. And yeah, match was really, really good. Uh, it's just It was nice to see him win... Uh, it was an again a nice clean finish to a hard hitting match, and uh, and also credit to Sheamus. I think Sheamus since becoming United States champion, and even before that, even the start of the year, he's just been happily delivering these hard, heavy hitting battles in the ring. And um, yeah, yeah, it's de- it's definitely one of the better matches from the pay per view. Definitely. Hmm. Next up, we had the Usos defeating the Mysterio Clan uh, to retain the tag team titles. It's like why couldn't they just waited another month and changed yeah. the titles here, you know. It's it's uh I think that feud is is pretty much wrapped up now. Uh I think there's a bit more definitive. Uh, again, this was kind of this was again no not saying the talent involved was bad. It's, it's just this this was a throwaway match. And it's kind of like there was there was no inkling that a title change was coming. Um there was no threat to the Usos losing titles. Um they are now positioned for a battle with the street profits going into extreme rules based on the end of last week's SmackDown, which could be good. But I mean, when they had their sort of their first match together after uh, Jimmy came back, it was really, really good. So hopefully more of that, a little bit more freshness. Um, other than that, I can't, I don't think there's any other major other teams other than like Dirty Dogs and, and Alpha Academy. <laughs> they need tag teams. And, they, and it's like tag team wrestling, please. Please. It's funny you say they need tag teams because based on the on like the recap that they did of the SmackDown the night before, because this took this event took place on a Saturday. Oh, actually, yeah. tangent, and we'll get back to what I was gonna say. What did you think of the fact that SummerSlam was on a Saturday? Which, if I remember correctly, it's the first SummerSlam to take place on a Saturday since 92 at Wembley Stadium. 
hmm, uh, I like pay-per-views on Saturday. That means I can have a nice line on Sunday. Whereas with All Out and with uh, the takeover that happened, I had to kind of wake up early to watch it before I had to go to work. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was, I'm it was a big spoilers. fan. I'm a big fan of pay-per-views on Saturdays. Mm. So there's two schools of thought. One, because there is the thought for me, speaking as a UK fan who would have to stay up freaking late to be able to watch it live. Yeah. It's just that feeling of, yeah, like Saturday night. Like it's kind of just got a nice feeling about it. Like, oh yeah, I'm, mm. I can stay up Saturday night. You know, it's Sunday the next day, you know. Yeah, Saturday night's, Saturday night's good for the fight. Why not? But Bring also, even like from the perspective of WWE, there's an element like, there's always that feeling of, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw? But then there was also a feeling on this of, oh man, I'm you know, going to need to wait a day to see what happens. Well, if you enjoy yeah. the event, you have to wait yeah. a day to see what happens next. And I just think if they decided to put the, just in general, the big four shows, a traditional big four, I should say. So mm. Rumble, I mean, WrestleMania is going to be two nights again anyway, by the sound of it. Yeah. Then yeah. SummerSlam and then Survivor Series. If they ch- changed up the format and had just select pay-per-views each year be on a Saturday... I think that might be quite a refreshing way to change things up, especially if they're going to be in like a big stadium. I mean, I doubt, I doubt Survivor Series is going to be in the stadium at this point. It'll be in an arena, but I don't think it's a stadium. Mm. But even mm. so, I just think the, the idea of having it on a Saturday, I actually just really like it. Like selfishness aside of me not wanting to stay up late and just I could watch it next the next morning in my own free time. Mm. I just like it being on a Saturday. Yeah, something it's something nice to it, and I think. I think for the for the NXT fans who enjoyed takeovers like the night before a big pay per view, it's kind of like now you're in, now now you're experiencing what NXT fans back in the back in the many many months ago before before the dark times before the weird colorful times and we'll talk about that maybe a bit later on uh, in terms of that logo. See, but, um, but, but sorry, what I was going to say though, um, yeah, it really feels like they're teasing a split between Dominic and Ray, and I'm not game for this yet. Yeah, wait, wait uh, until Mania. Yeah, in terms of post. Post SummerSlam SmackDown, uh, they were booking Dominic into a match with Sami Zayn, which Sami Zayn won. After it was a very nice little contest as well, and it's like, um, it's it's playing the story of Ray being kind of like a very kind of over. Uh, what was it? It's kind of like he's he's a father who just keeps kind of pointing out things over. He's being overzealous with his parent coaching. There you go, overzealous coaching. There you go. Of course, he's going. Oh, you gotta, you gotta be aware of what's going on in the ring and all that sort of stuff. And he causes a, he causes some sort of distraction to allow Sami Zayn to win in the sense. But again, Sami Zayn kind of did kind of win clean to a degree. Uh, what was it? Explosion, suplex, Halula kick, done. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I sense there is a, I sense there is a turn coming for Dominic. Um, and then it'll be, oh, you broke, you, you broke your father's heart. Oh, oh, so. Just to let's expand on that for a second. Yeah. Hypothetically, assuming like we had a clean slate on yeah. this story and not what's already been established, mm. do you turn Dominic or Ray heel? Dominic heel because he could be like the arrogant upstart who knows he who thinks he knows better than the the experienced wrestlers per se. Mm. And if he's if he's able to have a nice little run and pick up victories along the way that gives him a bit more validation to say, well, I'm young, I'm better than some of these sort of experienced players. That must mean I'm, I am, I am uh, like, I've got lots of potential. I've, I am great and all that sort of stuff. And then maybe, and maybe Ray is the, is the reality check for him in a way. It's like, you're good, but you're not Ray Mysterio. Hmm. So it's, it, and again, I think, I know, I think some people have kind of 
mused and fantasy books as well as this being like the potential passing of the torch or passing of the mask mm -hmm. per se to Dominic in a way, which could work. But it passing we'll of the trademark, see. trademark. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I mean, I'm interested in the storyline, but it, it needs to be it needs to be told correctly and not to a degree where we are scratching our heads and feeling a bit insulted by the storytelling. That's, it needs to happen at WrestleMania. I think that is mm. the key for me. This they're only going to have this opportunity once, mm. and in my opinion, they've already ballsed up the fact of how they lost the tag team titles. Have I got to ask? Have they ever done in wrestling? And chat if you're watching along and, and you have and you are able to give me a little bit of knowledge on this. Has there ever been a father versus son wrestling match? Not like a like a oh no, you could have you could have you could have Vince versus Shane, but they're not. Really so, wrestlers, are they? So the ones that spring to mind, Vince versus Shane, like you say. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was Ric Flair and David Flair in WCW. But are almost... they but are they really related though? No, genuinely, I think they are. Oh, they are they? Yeah, legit. Oh, okay. I'm pretty right. sure of that. Um who else is like father-son? <laughs> That's a really weird question to ask. Um I think in terms of pure wrestling for a father-son battle, in terms of pure actual pure wrestling. I don't think that's been done before. And if you're watching this on catch up on YouTube or something like that, or, or we're watching the chat right now, do do share any other matches that are on that father son level, because I'm very curious about that. Mm. Because obviously it was like the first of a father son tag team in WWE to win the championship. So it's like, could it be like the first proper father son to actually have a proper wrestling feud match? But that's, that's a conversation for another day. So, uh, so yeah, Usos versus Mysterios. Um, it was a match. It was okay. It was fine. But I think the story's done and dusted. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and ne then next up, Bianca Belair comes to the ring, and her entrance is awesome. The crowd are pumped for this match. I'm pumped for this match because the Mania mm -hmm. match with Sasha and Bianca was really freaking good. Really and really I am good. game for this. And again, I'm not watched the TV. I watched the vid I watched the highlight package they showed to lead into this match, which oh, got yeah. me even more excited for it. Mm -hmm. And then the ring announcer says something to the effect of Sasha can't compete. There is a mm. replacement. The replacement is Carmella, who I I I'm told 24 hours earlier on SmackDown lost clean in the ring <laughs> to Bianca. Yep. And... There was a part of me that genuinely just thought at first, what are you doing, WWE? Like, what, what, what are you, uh, like, what's your game here? What are you thinking? Like, is Carmella, like, aligned with Sasha and I just don't know it? Like, have I, have I really missed something vital? Two weeks sort of ago, two weeks ago when they did the contract signing, uh, Banks brought out Vega and Carmella and they just ganged up on Belair, pretty much. And then the following week, it was uh, oh, the night before SummerSlam, Belair took on uh, both Vega and Carmella in a one after the other match, in a way, and she beat them both. Mm. Um, so I remember watching this with our with our mutual friend and frequent Bunkerzilla contributor Christian Allen. Um, we watched Carmella come out, and it was like, oh joy! Um, and again, nothing against the talent. It's just like we have. It's like we had seen Belair beat Carmella so many times. It's just like if they are seriously thinking this is the match we are going to have. There's enough. This is just madness. I kind of sense this was not going to be the match 
because it's like, well, if you're gonna pull a, if you're gonna pull the trigger on a Becky return or someone else coming in, now is the time to do it. And lo and behold, Becky Lynch returns. I mean, let's be fair, and this is this is no disrespect to Carmella, but let's just call it like it is. If you're gonna replace Sasha Banks, you ain't doing it with Carmella. <laughs> no. So, like you say, Becky Lynch comes out, gets an awesome reaction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's cool to see Becky. And honestly, my first thought was, just like, this is a weird thing to say, but as someone who's been like trying to lose weight for a good few years and been doing it like a long-term strategy and whatnot, I just genuinely mm. thought, she just looks really chilled and healthy. It's a weird yeah. way to say it. I just thought, you look really healthy. That's the only word I could think of. I thought, well, that's because you're a mum now, you know, you, you gotta yeah. be sort of thing, not implying you weren't mm. before. But there was just that thing of, well, you know, that's cool to see Becky. And then I'm thinking... Well, I then I had two thoughts. It was, mm. are you gonna do the match here and now? Because that mm. would be awesome if you did. Yeah. Or is this your WWE way of going? We're not gonna give you a match. We're gonna tell you what we're gonna do next on whatever mm. the next crap show you've got is called. Extreme yeah. Rules or whatever it is. Like the horror that, that show, was, Extreme Rules. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There was just me thinking, mm. which way are you gonna do this? And they ended up, well, then Becky then took out Carmella, which was quite amusing. Because there was that look of, excuse me one moment, and then just threw her out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Which is good fun. Then shook, then the bell, that we get the match, the bell rings, we get a handshake, Becky clocks her in the face, hits a move, which I want to say was a rock bottom, but I can't remember it what is, they called it. It is, it is called the man slam. Which I think was coined when The Rock turned up on SmackDown, and Jeremy has and Jeremy has been broken. <laughs> the freaking man slam! What the heck? Uh, all right. So, I mean, it could have been. They could have called it Becky's Bottom. Let's see. It's not called that. Um, so they hit. I know exactly. Right. It, arguably, the man slam is actually a better name than that. So, mm. hits the move. So right. Match on. Let's see where this goes next. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's just Champion! like... It's just, it's just like, you what? <laughs> so, oh, it's just... So, oh. there was... So, again, two schools of thought here from my perspective. And I, I think I told you one of these on a private chat. Yeah. There was one thought of, okay, why the heck have they done that? Bianca's been champion since Mania. It was a history-making match. You're going to make her lose the belt in this fashion. This just seems disrespectful. It's a lack of respect to fans, quite frankly, who have invested mm. time and money into it. It's a di- lack of respect to freaking Bianca as well. And just everything about it, there's just a total lack of respect to this. The yeah. other school of thought, the Jeremy tries to put a positive spin on anything because let's try and make money <laughs> side of things, is that Bianca is still, while champion, and she's gained a lot of experience, she hasn't got that almost killer edge or, you know, be careful what you wish for experience. Mm. And so the idea that Becky basically just sucker punched her, and it's like, hey, I'm experienced. You've had experience, but you're not as experienced as me, so I got the one up on you. You could use that as a story. And if they go with that, I might be a tad less angry about how this came about. But that's the only logical way I can see them doing the match how they did. Also, mm. need to shout out that when Becky had won the belt and she was posing on the ropes uh, with the belt and whatnot, or it might have been before the match started, 
She kept saying, I'm back, I'm back, which is, you know, the one line that CM Punk said in his press release when he joined yeah. AEW, but Becky seemingly was told, you must say this 80 bajillion times to reinforce the point that you, you are not CM Punk. Yeah. So um, anyway, I've rabbited on for a while, so I will now let you wax lyrical about what you thought yeah. of this. So Ian, the epic encounter that was Bianca versus Becky won. What did you think? Oh, God. Um, I'm with you. I think, well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people going into the match when it was uh, Bianca versus Banks, uh, I think a lot of people were quite comfortable with the fact that if Belair's going to lose the championship now, fine. She's had a good couple of months run with it. Freshens up the story a little bit. And uh, yeah, it sets up for a nice little rubber match down the line. But we have the issue of Banks not being medically cleared to compete. Which is that official? That was that's the that is the party line from WWE, okay, or something like that. Uh, but a lot of the the new sites like WrestleTalk and Fightful and all that sort of stuff, um, have all highlighted that uh, WWE knew this for about seven days, so they continued to promote a match which was not necessarily going to happen, which. Hmm. Which is very, I mean, they could have done something in kickoff. I mean, if they were going to push it right up until the start of the show, they could have done something in the kickoff show saying, unfortunately, we've heard that Sasha's not available. Or they could have done it the night before on SmackDown and say, Sasha's not competing. A mystery opponent will be picked at SummerSlam. That sort of stuff. And yeah, it it it, it, it sucked. It's it's like, if it is a medical issue, if it's a medical issue, That that's fair enough. But the fact that the company somehow knew about this or is reported to have known about this for a few days and just kind of did an indifferent shrug and said, oh, we'll just carry on right until the last moment or something like that is a bit... I Again, for for a fan who wants to be invested in WWE and wants to feel like the storylines are not insulting them, it's a little bit of an insultment, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if that word made sense, but we'll roll I, with it. Mate, I think you're um, being generous, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a um, massive slap in the face. Like I mentioned the word lack of respect, mm. literally them knowing for, I mean, how, even if it's a day or a week, the fact that they knew, mm. like, I mean, you said they could have done something. They literally could have done anything else and it probably would have been better. And they, it's like they had a full five minute video package about this match. And it's just, why? That's the part that irks me the most. Yeah, it's yeah, and yeah, Becky as a replacement is great. It's a nice return, obviously on the heels of Punk. It's a nice sort of okay. You want to return? Here's a return as well. And again, I I was not going to be surprised if Becky won the belt if they had a decent competitive match that went off a lot. What 10, 12 minutes maybe something like hmm. that. That'd been fine, but they do it in twenty six seconds. And again, it's just like like you said, it is a slap in the face to what how people are treating Bianca or the booking treats Bianca in a way because it just makes her look like a very silly champion. Now, of course, they 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 are playing on this sort of heel directive and the, the smackdown after Becky came out and she went, "Oh, I've got the belt and I'm going to keep hold of this because I've got I've got a family to provide for all that sort of stuff." And they started bringing up the heel aspect because you'd have Bianca coming out to the ring, uh she'd say, "I I'd like a rematch." It's like, "Come on." It's like, "Okay, Fair enough. You got you, you caught me out on that day. Fair enough. What what's done is done. But I want a rematch. And Becky went, nope, and just walked off. So they are 
So again, they are trying the heel turn, which okay is fine. But then again, they tried to turn Becky heel once, and people didn't want to do it. Just saying, it might not work this time around. But but if they're able to kind of get people more rolled up that Becky is not giving Bianca another shot because of the cheap victory and all that sort of stuff, maybe maybe that's the way to do it. Um, but yeah, it's. The fact of the matter is, it's like, it's great Becky's back. It's bad how the bookings turned out. And it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Again, I have no problem. It's like a lot of people probably would not have had a problem with the belt changing hands if it was like a 10-minute match. Didn't have to be, didn't have to be a classic. Didn't have to be great. Could have just been a few kind of power moves here or there. And then Becky does a heelish thing or something like that. And there you go, new champion. But no, we go down this... Very similar route to Kofi Kingston from SmackDown and Brock Lesnar. Um, thankfully, it looked. Uh, thankfully, Belair is still in the main pic, main picture when it comes to the title. So, it's a frustrating thing to see, but at least it's not necessarily the way of saying, "Okay, we're done with you, Belair. We'll we'll focus on someone else now." They're, they're still focusing a lot. I think that I think they do see Belair as like the top babyface female star for SmackDown, and if they're positioning Becky as the top heel. I think that will that will go some way to really elevating Belair to a main event star level, because sometimes when you get those big victories over those season those season talents, you you become a made person in WWE in a way. That's that's the way I look at it. But but despite all that, this segment was an absolute cluster. I'm if they from really <laughs> wanted to turn Becky heel, yeah. Would a far easier way to have done it have been they have a match, like you say, go 10 minutes, whatever. It doesn't have to be very long. Just make mm. it a match, quite frankly. Yeah. I'm not even regarding that as a match at this point. Yeah. Have a match. And then what if Becky is just really pissed off after the match and just basically gets a chair or something or just beats up Bianca after the match? That's yeah. a good way to turn someone heel that actually seems logical. Yeah. Or don't have a match at all. They have a little sort of happy moment together in the ring, and then Becky just attacks Bianca, and off we go. Yeah, you know what? And that, I mean, that's kind of like a two-way thing, because then at that point, it's like, well, you brought Becky out, and you didn't even see her wrestle, but mm. it, that still would have been better than what they were presenting. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Again, it's... A, oh, I say again... We are, we're, we're, going around, we're going around in circles, unfortunately. No, I know, but it's just, the, unfortunately, it feels like that at this point, this is an example of how it really feels like WWE just isn't even trying. That's yeah. honestly how it comes across because you look at, not just compared to AEW because I'm a big fan of it at this point, but literally mm. everything in AEW, even if something isn't perfect, is at least interesting and engaging and honestly and doesn't insult my intelligence. Yeah. Even, even, when, even when Dynamite has its off, day, off days, it's still watchable and there's still something to take away from it. I mean... Mm. Um, the episode which had the main event of Black versus uh, Brock Anderson mm. wasn't particularly the greatest episode of Dynamite, but you could still watch it and you could still kind of go with it in a sense. And it, it had, a, and it had a purpose, yes. a clear purpose why that was the case. Whereas more recently with WWE, it becomes harder to kind of stay with it. I mean, it's like it's like the the night before the the. The SmackDown, the night before SmackDown, the night before SummerSlam SmackDown, because I'd watched AEW and I'd watched Rampage and we had the whole CM Punk return and all that sort of stuff. 
I found myself fast forwarding through a lot of SmackDown on that for, on that day because it's like same stuff, seen it, same stuff, seen it. Promo, nothing, move on, all that sort of stuff. And this is the problem. Repetition is is really hurting. And there are signs at this moment that they are trying different things, but I really don't buy it right now, to be perfectly honest. That's that's just me. I mean, you know, when you've when you've had a really deep roster of talent and you could, you know, easily bring people up and slot them into a new place to help freshen things up a bit, why not just fire everyone instead? You know, that makes more sense. Yeah. So speaking about, I don't know how I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna try this now. Let's see what I do. Um talking about things that kind of confuse you or maybe don't make sense or is a bit repetitive, Drew versus Jinder Mahal. This right. this was a match. It was there. This was a match. This was a match. Drew turned up. One, we move on. I, I mean, the whole storyline of Jinder's not been great. It's just been very every every week. Jinder and 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 his and, uh, and, and associates and associates. <laughs> sorry, I forget the names. I'm sorry, I forgot the names off the top of my head. But yeah, Jinder and associates. They come out. They threaten something about Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes back out, and in some in some way, he either meets one member of the team, two members of the team, or all of them sort of swings a sword around and go, look at my sword and tells a history story. And then the crowd just go, all right. <laughs> and yeah, I'm honestly, I did not watch this match. I fast forwarded because I did not care. It's just like, it just, again, it's like, I like McIntyre, but. Mm. Yeah. That, that, it, that's, that, that's actually all it has to be. Literally. This is, this is the thing there are, and this thing, because this, Paper who felt incredibly long. There were some. There were some matches on here that just really should not have been here. There were some got... segments that shouldn't have been on here, like yeah. freaking Johnny Drip Drip versus Xavier Woods, looking like what was he dressed as? It was something was in particular. Dressed... He had a particular costume on. Much. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Was it a games character? It was probably a games character. Yeah, I, I literally I can't remember the reference off the top of my head, but I knew exactly what it was. Again, I kind of fast forward up because it just became a very long, boring segue. That I you made the right really decision, watch. and I regretted it. Yeah, um, but yeah, you could have got rid of. Unfortunately, you could have taken this Drew McIntyre match off. You could have taken Alexa Bliss off. Um, the, that match out. It's just you could have you could have saved like half an hour, forty five minutes by just clearing out some of the kind of unengaging matches. You, honestly, so the, the other another weird. I say I call it a problem in inverted commas with this show is that every entrance was double or triple the length it normally was because of oh, how yeah. long the entrance was. So all mm. I'm going to say is, imagine if The Undertaker had made an entrance on this show. How long would that entrance have been? It would be be like 10, 15, 20 minutes. I've got this vision. They would have just had like dry ice all along the rampway. And he wouldn't actually be walking. It would just be someone pulling him on a cart. I remember that, that, rum, that Royal Rumble in, I think, San Antonio. The one where Cena won his 16th championship. Do you know, I, was about to say, Royal... I was about to say 97 off the top of my head because I was yeah. also saying that. And, they had, and they had the big ring. And you have people running. You have this weird camera angle of people running towards the ring. And then they hop on. The, and what you don't see is they hop onto a Segway and they're taken to the ring. Yeah. And then they go to fight. But yeah, it's like, yeah, nice stages and arenas are great. But yeah, don't, oh, don't, no. don't drag it out. But yeah, right, let's, let's move on to probably one of the, the more the more entertaining matches yeah despite, Charlotte, despite, the, despite the storytelling i think it's one of the one of the more entertaining ones on the card 
I agree with you. Charlotte Flair versus Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. Charlotte Flair becoming the champion for insert number of times here because NXT doesn't count anymore. Yeah. Do you know what? I like this match. It was good fun. It was abundantly clear Nikki wasn't going to win this. And it's a shame because Mm. it really... from uh, So the other thing that WWE are doing, which is uh, has irks me to a really annoying degree as well, mm-hmm. they're piping in crowd sound within arenas with crowds on TV. Yeah, and so you could, if you listen carefully, because I'm a little bit of an audio file, and I basically watch everything with headphones, so I can kind of hear through it. Mm-hmm. But you can just tell the crowd aren't reacting to how they're portraying them. Mm. And so they probably didn't get, they just didn't like Nikki that much. It's a shame because Nikki is such a cool wrestler and the idea of the character should be so easy to put across. And it just seems they probably pulled the trigger too early with giving her the belt. And it's just, it's not worked and people just want to move on. They could have done, they could have done like a longer, they could have done, they could have done a nice year, half a year thing of Nikki feeling like she might be ready to cash in that case. I doesn't, but she doesn't feel confident because she doesn't feel like she's a superhero because that's the gimmick, almost a superhero. But no, it's kind of like, okay, you have the case. Now you're a superhero. Go, go. Like 24 hours after money in the bank. I um, want training montages. That's what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to yeah. be like an anime when you get like the training arc or something, you know? She, she could have had the almost a superhero cave or kind of base of operations where she's trying to like, learn the right way to take down criminals and all that sort of stuff. There was there is so much potential there for fun vignettes, for for just getting the crowd on her side. And again, we rush it because WWE is all about moments. Well, they want to be about moments sometimes. Mm. So you had lots of moments, but most of those moments came at the cost of garbage storytelling. Yeah, it's which, is a shame, which is a shame because it's like this match was really, really good. And again, we, I've, and I and I think we've talked about this previously. It's like I know people don't like the fact of Blair always winning, but she is a great wrestler. The it's like you don't you don't get to be in that position if you're not a great wrestler. Of there are some cases in WWE where that might not be necessarily be the case, but in Flair's case, she's one of the best. Agreed. And this match was really good fun. I really really liked it. And just to go back mm. to the whole Nikki thing, like. I've just literally thought of this idea off the top of my head. You could mm. have done a series of training mon- or like ins- inspiration montages, we'll call mm. them, where as they go from town to town across the US, just film her visiting something. So hypothetically, Philadelphia, they've got mm. the big Rocky statue. Film her next to the Rocky statue trying to inspire herself and thinking about what Rocky went through in yeah. the films. That's a- And heck, get Sylvester Stallone to make a cameo. You could probably pay him enough money to do it, and people mm. be like, "What the heck?" Like, you could actually get so many people. Do a deal with Marvel and Disney or DC, whatever you want. Get like all the various characters and actors to appear. I've thought of this in five seconds. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But but hey, hey, moments, moments, Jeremy. Moments. Sylvester Stallone randomly being on WWE TV to put over the fact, yeah, yeah, you can be like me or whatever, you know. Yeah, you're gonna be killing the world. That sort of stuff. There you go. Um, I mean, Arnie to to be King uh, Arnie tur- I mean, Arnie turned up and punched Triple H many, many years ago. I mean, yeah, that was happen. on an episode of SmackDown. Yeah, if yeah. I think, I think it was one of the fir- earlier ones where they gave him like a custom title belt and said, "You are the champion of movies, Arnold." Oh, thank you. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was. It was also. 
It was also before SmackDown was aired in the UK. So I remember yeah. watching the highlights of that on Livewire at the weekend because they included footage from the other shows. Mm. Random yes. tangent aside. And next up, Edge v. Seth Rollins. Edge gets the win by submission. Yes. My, my quick picture. review of this match. Ah. Second half of it was good. I enjoyed the second half. The first half, long, laborious, could have been chopped out. It was abundantly yeah. clear that they wanted to treat this like a main event. And it also got me thinking, why is this going so damn long? Mm. Like sometimes I I try I almost read things too much into things, if that makes I sense. Mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, it's like I mean this this has been the case with a few of the edge matches since he's come back. Same mm. with Money in the Bank. Obviously, we had the, the greatest wrestling match ever, Backlash, as well as The Last Man Standing. Um, maybe it's maybe it's due to the style of Edge as a wrestler. Maybe that's the style he's comfortable in in, in creating something, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it started off a little bit slow and then really picked up. And it, and it got really, really entertaining towards the end. Um, and the brood entrance match. was great. Yes. The, yeah, it came up with the flames and everything. Oh. It kind of followed on from his brood bath of Seth Rollins the night before. I the, the brood bath. Can't can't say the blood word. Think of the children. Um, that sort of thing. But no, I I I think it was a good little match. Um, there's there's the weird sort of post promo from Seth Rollins where he's going, I've got to, I'm going to go on and do better things, and he just awkwardly stares into the camera for a long time, going. <laughs> Ah, oh, so you mean the awkward WWE stare? Because yeah, if you look at some yeah. segments, they just have the really long, like, left, sh just the shot on someone. So <laughs> it's like, if you imagine, like, hang on, which way are you? So imagine if I'm talking to you, and they're like, yeah. we've had a segment, and then you walk away, and then there's always this random look of just... <laughs> okay. And then cut to break. Yes, and cut to break. I'm trying to dig out that, that, lovely, that lovely image. There it, oh, there it is. Let's let's just try uh, to think what you're about to put up put on screen. Uh, give me a few moments, boys and girls. Okay, right. Basically, I'm gonna I'm going to I'm going to show that wonderful that wonderful stare that he gave everyone on SmackDown. Oh, you mean actually of Seth Rollins? Okay, I thought you meant like yeah. someone else in in times gone by. Yeah. Look uh, at him. He brings you love. Th there's a lot to unpack with that one image. <laughs> it's like I might be dead on the inside. I mean, the first question I have is, where the heck is he? Uh, he's like, backstage wearing a big furry coat. I mean, maybe it was cold where they were. I don't know. So <laughs> they were indoors. <laughs> he was. I mean, there's air conditioning. <laughs> but um, so the next match, <clears throat> you can tell I'm just trying to roll through SummerSlam now. Yeah, yeah. So um, the next match, Bobby Lashley defeats in inverted commas Bill Goldberg by referee stoppage because his knee had been hurt too much starting. From the the shot to the knee, the back of the knee oh by MVP's cane, and then proceeded to get decimated with further attacks. You, I you mean, go on after I'm, you, after you. You mean the delayed attack of the cane, or the delayed feeling of the sensation of being attacked by the cane? Because I vaguely recall MVP hitting the back of Goldberg's knee. Goldberg stands there going ah, and then goes my knee. <laughs> that's what happens I, I like to think that Goldberg has got so much muscle 
in his knee that when MVP hit it, it was like a ripple effect going all around his knee to the front. And it was only until it hit the kneecap that that's when he felt the pain. So, so you mean the world's most deadliest knee strike delivered with the gentle touch of a cane? I mean, look, think of it this way. He does the spear, you know, like yeah. Edge. He needs yeah. to be able to have that explosive power. So mm-hmm. think of the amount of explosivity, that'll do as a word, that he's got to use to make the spear happen. And think of the amount of torque and tension that's involved in all those kneeula muscles that exist that I can't think of names of. All the CLs. There you go. Uh, yeah, basically, right. <laughs> I was so angry because the thing I was most angry about is what's going to try and phrase this concisely? Why do this at all at this point? Mm. It just it made Goldberg look weak on a stadium show, and that's not yeah. what you want to do. And the other thing as well is just I felt like in a show that already, and I watched this over six sittings. Keep in mind, I felt like I was wasting my time with some of what I've been watching. Literally, when this happened, I was angry and I went, What was the bloody point? And then mm. afterwards, we got the random bit where Bobby Lashley did or didn't beat on Goldberg's son because he jumped in the ring, which was telegraphed because in the video package, how many times can they show Goldberg's son in the space of one minute on a video package? I love you, son. I love Literally. you, Goldberg. I love you, Sunberg. Some, but there you go. But it's just that thing like he jumps in and then he gets put, put in the hurt lock or whatever it is. And then you can tell immediately like MVP got on the mic and was like, oh, he, he didn't know he just beat up a minor. And it's like, that's checkbox for WWE covering their backs there for any potential legal lawsuits of people trying to file things. And then, yeah. you know, Goldberg then, you know, concludes this beautiful segment simply by saying on a PG rated television program, or pay-per-view, however you want to call it. I'm going to kill you. Take it away, Ian, because I, I'm not giving this any more time of day. Um, the result the result is kind of correct. The way it's done was bullshit. Um, uh, you know something's wrong when the crowd are cheering Bobby Lashley brutalizing Sunberg in the Hurt Lock. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Bobby winning was going to happen. It's just it was such a stupid way to end it. I mean, yeah, just if you were going to have Bobby just beat beat up Goldberg, left, right, and center, like he did with Kofi before at Money in the Bank, could have done the same thing after a couple of power moves here and there from Goldberg. But no, we go down this weird route of, ah, my knee, and down we go. <laughs> nah, so what I is... really want to know then is, uh, what, actually, no, I retract that. What I really <laughs> don't care to know <laughs> Is where is this going next? Are we getting I like a, a cane on a pole match because it's extreme rules? No, no, no. I, I I don't know what's happening in terms of the imminent future for probably extreme rules. Um, my, I mean, Randy Orton pinned Lashley last week, or not? No, no, not pinned Lashley. He delivered an RKO to Lashley. Didn't pin him. Didn't pin him. Um, so we might just have a temporary feud of Lashley versus Orton or something. Um, if Goldberg's coming back this year, it's Crown Jewel at the Saudi show. Oh, they're doing a Saudi show, aren't they? Yeah. And he, he did a little. He did a little video online saying, "I'm not coming for Lashley's title. I'm coming for Lashley's soul." Great. So this will be a non-title match, which you beat your WWE champion. Great so- booking. I mean, they could just do a, a loser stays in Saudi match. 
possibly could 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 be a thing. But yeah, I mean, it's like they're they're gonna they're going to have another match. They're gonna have they definitely have another match this year. It's definitely probably gonna happen at Crown Jewel because money. And um, in the back, oh sorry, wrong pay per view. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think anyone is going to care too much about it. Uh, they probably will if Goldberg wins the WWE Championship. I doubt it. I, they, so, they're not, they're, well, they do love watching the world burn, don't they? Prediction. Uh, prediction. Uh, you have the match at Crown Jewel. Yeah. Somehow Goldberg wins, in inverted mm. commas. He then gets a title match at Survivor Series because mm. Goldberg has a good history of winning championships at Survivor Series because that's where he beat Brock Lesnar in under a minute. Mm. And that's when it was fun. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, because he's Speaking involved. Of Brock Let's move go. on to the main event. Let's move on to good old Cena and Reigns. Rock so, Ramondo Reigns versus You Can't See Cena's Ball Patch. Uh, Roman <laughs> Reigns defeats John Cena uh, by pinfall. I don't actually remember how this happened, quite frankly. Uh, Do you know what? Match was, was fine. Match was it, fine. It Inoffensive. Was fine. It was kind of amusing to see Cena back, and there was some dueling chance, I think. I, mm. I, I, I Honestly, this is just a bit of a blur at this point, but Fast forwarding right to the end. The, the the thing which obviously is the funniest part of this entire thing is the fact that the moment this match is over, John Cena is an afterthought, and mm. it was it's really really weird. Yeah. To just just to see John Cena become a complete afterthought. I can't remember the last time that happened because uh, Brock Lesnar came out looking like honestly just looking awesome. I love this like. I like the look. Lumberjack Brock. That's what I'm calling him. Lumberjack <laughs> Brock looks awesome. And the, the, the key thing about this story, if you want to bring that picture up again, you can, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. The key thing about this story, which I am so looking forward to, is how is Paul Heyman going to work out in this? Because that's obviously the, the direction this is going to go. It's going to mm. be about the, which way will Heyman go? And I can just imagine the quality television simply for this feud alone that there is going to be when it happens. Because I'm assuming, like, clearly nothing happened on SmackDown with this, right? Oh, no, that, something did happen on SmackDown. Or basically, they are foreboding things on SmackDown. Um, oh, good, long-term because, booking. Yeah, because it op- for most of the episode of the SmackDown after, Paul Heyman is carrying in fear outside of Roman Reigns' locker room, thinking, oh, he's in big trouble because Brock's back. And he's trying to go, I, I didn't know Brock was coming back. I didn't know Brock was coming back. And the Usos are, are kind of gaslighting him a bit, like Roman did with uh, Jimmy and Jay a few months back. Kind of going, are, are you sure? I thought I, We thought you sent us to the back. Are, are you trying to tell us Roman sent us to the back? Are you trying to tell us that Roman didn't want us involved? And Paul, and Heyman is, fr- is scared for his life. There's bits where Reigns arrives and he just... He just finds he just finds Heyman just kind of like carrying like a puppy outside his outside his locker room, and he's just going, "Are you not just going to open the door for me?" And it's like it's like you're my advisor. Open the door for me, and he's like, "Of course, of course, all right, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah." And then he just he stays outside. And the main says, "Aren't you coming in?" And he's like, "Okay." And there's this there is this beautiful moment, and I I remember watching it from uh, like like last week, and. It's they have the they have the celebration of the bloodline because the bloodline all retain their championships. There's a really cool T-shirt on WWE shop which makes them all look like high high Vegas gangsters, which is really really cool. Awesome. Um, and there's a there's a bit where 
Reigns, Reigns hands uh, uh, Heyman the belt. And he's kind of go, oh, no, no, Heyman's about to, Heyman just immediately hands Reigns the belt. And, and Reigns goes, well, what are you doing? And he goes, well, it's all about family. Maybe it's just you guys out in the ring. And he just goes, but Paul, you are family. Oh, I love you. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and I generally thought at that moment, I thought, oh, oh no, they're going to murder Paul Heyman on TV. It's a build. This the star of the series. Doesn't happen. Balor comes out and causes all havoc, and it's Balor versus Reigns tonight for the US Championship, not US Universal, um, because Balor just wants his match now because of being screwed out of it from SummerSlam. But I feel there's mileage there. I feel there's good mileage, and I it feel so good. This, if they do it right, it's a good storytelling thing. But it's just, it's just that that one episode alone. You're kind of going, are they gonna do like? Are they gonna do like the good old fashioned? You're one of us, Paul. Nope. Mm. <laughs> In that sort of sense. So, out of out of out of that main event, yeah, Brock coming back was good. Uh, Michael Cole clearly is losing his voice left, right, and center because it's like Lesnar walks past and you've got him going, look at the size of him. And it's like. <laughs> You you have been you have been commentating so many years, Michael Cole. You have forgotten the size of Brock Lesnar. It's like he's so big, but so tall. Talking of um, Michael Cole, did you notice how he actually spoiled that Brock Lesnar was in the building on commentary? Uh, did he kind of name drop him during like a bit of a match? So it? during the match, I think they were talking about how John Cena was being like manhandled and whatnot, and mm. Michael Cole started referencing, "Oh, like you know." We haven't seen John Cena been manhandled like he rarely gets manhandled. Something to the effect of he get it, it's very rare that this happens. I can think of only one other guy who's manhandled Cena like this, and very immediately stops talking. It's because of course it was at SummerSlam a few years back now where Brock Lesnar squashed John Cena. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, and it's just like I suddenly thought. Only one I could think of was Brock. Oh, okay. Oh. Literally, that's what I thought. So, because us fans be dumb. We don't realize things. It was kind of like, we, again, it was like, I think I think it was quite more surprising that Brock had returned, simply because we were all under, I think, still under the impression that Brock wasn't coming back for a long time because of money and stuff and so forth. But I, I, it's nice to see Brock back. I, I, I like the sort of tweener, Baby face Brock thing. And I mean, yeah, after Smack, after SummerSlam finished, he gave John Cena a couple of German suplexes and an F5 to send him packing, as usual, as you do, if you're Brock Lesnar. Oh, send um, the crowd home happy. <laughs> it's going to be weird. It's, I mean, from a promo perspective, it's going to be weird because Le- Re- Lesnar doesn't really do promos. So I mean, unless, he, unless he hires a new sort of mouthpiece to to help was on that i don't know maybe no. who could i'm just trying to be hypothetical here who could paul paul Heyman, who could brock lesnar have that would be a good mouthpiece for him i mean that said maybe you know in brock lesnar's downtime he, he's you know he's just gonna come up with a giant like chainsaw now because he likes to cut meat up and stuff maybe he'll just mm. you know be fine um or, or maybe he's just well i'm not here to talk i just want to beat the living f out of you and take your belt there you go done mm. But it make it makes the few. I mean, the fact we now have a babyface style rock, a Brock versus Re- heel Reigns makes that dynamic a lot more interesting as well. Because we've been so used to babyface Reigns versus heel Brock to the to the end of time, it just made us all. Sad. It is incredibly amusing that we've literally seen this match so many times, and people didn't want to see it. 
I think they, they didn't want to see it at the time because it was blatantly obvious what WWE were trying to do with Reigns as a babyface. Just going, look, he's a hero. He's a hero. I mean, he practically took what four, five F5s at WrestleMania years ago. Hmm. Still got bloody jumped up, still lost. All that yeah. sort of stuff. And then they did it all again at Crown Jaw, and he still lost. And it's like People are just going, we know you want to put the belt on Reigns. Just put the belt on Reigns and let it be done with it, to be honest. <laughs> I think uh, we, 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 were all, we, were all, we were all prepared for that eventuality. We just wanted it over and done with. It's speaking like, of put, things being over and done with, SummerSlam, it's in the books. Yes, book. it's in the books. And uh, yes, yes, I'll take that off the screen now. Yeah, but, you know, uh, let's, let's, let, we've talked about the past. Let's look forward to the future because we got to talk about this. All out. It's going to be available through Fight TV if you are here in the UK where we are recording from. Uh, obviously, it takes place Sunday night, UK time, slash early hours Monday morning. Mm. I am so excited about this. And I think the only place we need to be, well, the only place to begin with, which is really kind of just taking things into overdrive, is the return of CM Punk. Well, there's lots of other things that happen on AEW, which I'm sure we'll get into gradually as we go through the card, because that's probably the way we're yeah. going to talk about things. But let's mm -hmm. just focus on CM Punk to begin with. Look at him. He's so happy. He's that so happy seg to be that segment on Rampage, it, I think I told this to you in a private message that there's very few times when I have been... This is going to sound perhaps a little bit disingenuous, but I don't mean it to be. Where I have been genuinely so emotionally invested and happy mm. in something in wrestling. There have been lots of moments where I've been emotionally invested, but in terms of I've just been like, I want this to happen so damn badly. Yeah. This was one of those moments. CM Punk returning. And I've heard it said a couple of times that people were like, because there was that 99% certainty from everything being said online, this was going to happen. But yeah. that 1% of doubt, that 1%, <laughs> and that was enough to bring people in. And it was freaking phenomenal. The, mm. There are there are some moments in wrestling history which have got me feeling this way, like before. Mm. One of them for me was uh, was the Bret Hart return mm. when he appeared on Raw for the first time since Montreal, and he had that like in ring moment with Shawn Michaels. Like that to me, like from the from the generation of wrestling fan that I'm from, that was an incredible moment for me. That was almost mm. like things finally coming full circle. Another was when The Rock was announced as the WrestleMania 27. Guest GM, I think it was. Oh yeah, we talked we talked about this on on Facebook because it's like yeah, it's like it's it's the bit where the Rock just goes finally the Rock has come as that long pause and he just goes home yeah and it's like it just it it really gets you it really gets you mm. even now I'm talking about it I'm trying not to feel like I'm no exactly about but it. that's the way it is and the other moment which stands out like that albeit a different reason or different circumstance is CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. Mm. It just, it was such a pivotal moment in wrestling history. And that money in the bank match that he had with John Cena, that mm. is, as a watching at the time and watching things live, that was just like, that was a peak time to watch that as a fan. It was so damn cool. And then just seeing him like post a picture of the WWE title in his fridge after he'd won it. <laughs> like just, it's things like that that were just so damn cool. And when Punk left, and I'm not even just saying this just to Panda, like there genuinely felt like there has been a void because mm. it never felt like we kind of, I guess just got a resolution 
to Punk's career. It wasn't even necessarily no. that you know he wasn't wrestling anymore. It was just the fact that he just he just went. And I, yeah. I've got, and he even said it in the promo, like you know, for his own, for his own health, quite frankly, he just had to go, and I totally respect that. But it's yeah. always just been that feeling of, I want him back in some capacity, and this moment was just all that emotion and all that time, and it felt so worth it. So mm. worth it. It was just such a fun time just seeing him come back and just the emotion of the crowd. It's it's also one of the I say one of the few times you sort of look back through wrestling history and there are moments where you wish you could have been there. Mm. Like just genuine, you're like, oh, I would love to have been there. This is one of those moments. There was no mm. way in heck I was gonna be able to get over there, obvious reasons. But this mm. is one of those times where it's like, I so badly wish I could have been there. Yeah. It I think. To me, you know, the, the, the funny thing is coming into when I restarted watching WWE in about 2015, I'd completely missed most of the punk side of things. But I have been picking I have been watching the odd couple of matches here and there. So I've seen I've seen the match with Daniel Bryan, I think at Over the Limits. I've seen I've seen the Money in the Bank match. I've seen, I think one of the ones, I think the day after the Rampage episode, I watched um the Extreme Rules match he had with Jericho when Jericho was trying to really kind of get under his skin about being like straight, straight edged and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um and yeah, he, he's a great wrestler and so forth. Um, but it was just, I think for a period of time, considering for the many years I've been re-watching WWE now since 2015, and people carry on talking about CM Punk and the chanted of CM Punk, and even, even the sites like WrestleTalk always going, CM Punk to AEW confirmed, all that sort of stuff. It, it still felt incredibly surreal to see Punk emerge. And it's kind of like, I think it was kind of like, it was a strange sort of euphoria of giggling, like, this is actually happening. Shit. <laughs> in this sort of way. It, I mean, the best way to describe it, in terms of this whole AWWE side of things, this was a legitimate moment, or like, this could technically start become a legitimate tide moving towards AEW as probably the, the wrestling fan's choice. And the fact is, the fact, and, and the good thing is as well, is you can imagine wrestlers coming back, taking the money and just going, oh yeah, I'm here, I'll do my greatest hits, all that sort of stuff. I think the thing that just really spoke volumes to me is Punk genuinely looks happy to be there. He is thrilled to be there. He feels like he just, look, he just looks so, he just looks so happy to be there, to just talk to the crowd, to do promos. And yeah. The Darby Allen match is going to be fun. It was a moment of catharsis. You could see yeah. that. Mm. Literally, when there was that, there's that initial shot where he comes out, he drops down on his knees, and the camera is kind of getting closer to him, and yeah. you can see his eyes starting to go. He's yeah. trying to hold it back because you know, got a reputation to maintain or whatever. Yeah. But you can see it. And that's again, you can't fake genuine emotion like that. None of us can. When mm. it hits, it hits. And yeah, I, I'm not going to, I can't, I could keep going on about it, but I also mm. just want to draw attention to the fact that when he, when he brought up the date he left Ring of Honor in mm. 2005, and then the way he said CM Punk left pro wrestling, mm. and now in 2021 he's returned, that was, that actually was a goosebump moment for me, because that was a point in time where, the way I'll describe it is I wasn't a very smart fan to the business. I was to a degree, mm. but not massively, I'll call it. 
And okay. I was buying the Ring of Honor DVDs and stuff like that and watching them. And I was really invested in the CM Punk stuff. And just kind of having that moment being acknowledged. And it's like, yeah, like WWE isn't wrestling. Because mm. at this point, they just call it sports entertainment. Yeah, I, I and, think and, it was... And a... that's the moment... Sorry, just to no, no, finish yeah, off the sort. But that's the moment where it's now been clearly defined that WWE is its own thing. AEW or everything else, I'm just going to call it that, is yeah. wrestling. And that's what it's been for years. It's just no one's ever actually called it out like that. Yeah. I I think it was a very kind of, it was a classy way to address the WWE tenure and not necessarily, because I think fan, I think fans were expecting maybe he'd rip, maybe he'll do a pipe bomb and rip again into WWE. No, it's like, uh, it's like CM Punk does not want to linger on that any longer. He's here in AEW now. He's here embracing what is happening around him in terms of the rest of the movement here. And, and yeah, it's just basically, it was a nice sort of way to say that happened. Let's move on. Let's have some fun in AEW and that sort of thing. And I, and I just, I just love the way in that promo, he just kind of goes, can I tell you a story? He, he takes off, shows off the new t-shirt, completely destroys AEW's website in yep. the process. And then he just goes to that nice little sit down in the middle of the ring. And it's just, it's just, a, it's just a guy kind of just leveling, leveling with the crowd, speaking to the crowd, not treating the crowd like idiots as well. And we've talked about this in this episode. And we, we, we've said it previously, AEW, the stars, and even the, even the storytelling, they don't treat us like idiots to a degree. They kind of go, you guys are smarter than that now. It's not, it's not what it was like in, the 90s and so forth it's different so it just it just felt incredibly like is it cathartic it just it's just it was a it was it was i think it was a feel-good moment that the wrestling industry sorely needed agreed at this stage 100 percent mm. So this yeah. brings us on to All Out on Sunday night. Again, there's still a rampage to air tonight at the time that you know we're live on Twitch yep. and recording this. Dynamites have happened since our last show, so we'll kind of reference things as we go along here. Yeah, yeah, we shall. But um, but uh, so according to the the list that we have in front of us, and chances are, come rampage, there may be another match for all we know. But <laughs> we have a ten man tag team match on the buy in pre show, which is going to yep. feature Best Friends, Jurassic Express. Uh, sorry, Best Friends and Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office, con- consisting yep. of many people. Many, um, many people. Um, this is probably just a nice sort of get your crowd going match. Uh, I, I suspect Best Friends and Jurassic Express will win it. Mm. Uh, I, there's, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing really on the line with this one. So, Yeah, I will say, it, I kind of understand why, why, uh, why Jurassic Express are on the pre-show, but like that, that their final match against Lucius against the Lucha Bros was so damn good. Oh, that was a good match. I mean, that, that mini tag team tournament in itself was really freaking good. Like, yeah, go and for watch sure, it. For, and sure, I, for short notice, it's great fun. It really yep. is. And I know I expressed from a previous episode, like, maybe I don't want to see the Lucha Bros again, but uh, we'll get onto this, but th- th- I'm so hyped for that match. It, it, it doesn't mm. take much to get me hyped, but they did an excellent job of hyping me for that. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. I think... to. to this is another thing. Actually, you know what? This is another thing I kind of want to make reference of when it comes to SummerSlam. Sometimes WWE have a really bad knack of not giving the fans what they should in mm. terms of results of things. Like I think yeah. I've said it before on WrestleMania, like you've had no fans in the building 
for like over a year. You have WrestleMania. The first match is Drew versus Bobby Lashley. Can you let the crowd cheer a result? Nope. The first thing you got to do is have the heel go over. <clears throat> it's like I sometimes think- there are some just some decisions sometimes that I'm like, ah, you know. I'm. I think with I think with Bobby and Drew, I think I think the crowd would have been happy with either result to be honest, because it's like it's 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 two champions who've who've now more recent champions but they're not champions that we've seen for ages oh no so I, like, I get that yeah. i appreciate that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's yeah. a weird example to choose but in general it's like st- if you when you've got your first show since the pandemic mm. let people cheer or you know maybe have a little think how people may react and how that could impact feelings going on throughout the rest of the show yeah. i kind of do see this being if it's not best friends and jurassic express winning there will certainly be some shenanigans after that will quote unquote send yeah. people home happy for the next match <laughs> oh yeah absolutely 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 next up we have got the opening what well, uh, well, according to the running order we have the opening match of the all-out pay-per-view that being the 21 woman casino battle royale that will feature nyla rose thunder rosa the bunny big swole julia hart ty conti diamante penelope ford red velvet hikaru shida emmy sakura Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kylan King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay. Good to see Anna Jay back, by the way. Uh, Riho, yes. and one woman to be determined. Ooh, mystery. Mystery. Before we go on, thank you to Locos Great for subscribing at tier one. Subscribe for 12 months. Yay! We like supporters. Thank Hello, you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, board as well. Um, yeah. Because you about Royale. Um, I'm still getting used to those sort of matches because it's like the sort of, we're going to start with all the people that have drawn the, the diamond suit, all right? And then we're going to bring in everyone who's done the, the clubs. In. But it's fine. It, I'm used to, I'm getting used to those sort of matches. Um, in terms of of this Casino Royale, into, or battle, Casino Battle Royale. Casino Royale? No, it's a Daniel Craig movie. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Um, in terms of this particular match, there are a lot of potential winners here. Um, because it's not necessarily like like a Royal Rumble side of things, like someone wins and they get a massive, massive push. You can get someone who gets a nice little title shot for for a little brief moment in the main event scene before going back and, and building on a character. So it's not like it's a nice sort of have a temporary challenger for Britt Baker or whoever wins between Baker and and uh, and I'm just trying to find the name Satlander mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So you can imagine someone like Anna Jay winning this just as a nice sort of feel good with your back here have a little victory from a storytelling perspective you can see people like thunder rosa pick it up pick up the win because you can start that program of baker versus rosa they have the awesome match uh the bloody awesome match as well that's literal um so you can carry on with that but then you also got the wild cards which could be some debuts and it's it's like some people are kind of going well they've got two unannounced people maybe the iconics in their new sort of guys i forget what their new name is now, oh are they back on the scene then yeah so basically they are they are technically working as a double x still maybe we'll see uh so they could be back uh the other the more the more likely name is uh ruby soho or the former wwe ruby riot yeah uh, so it could be any one of those um and i think i would be happy with any of those winners i my smart money says the the surprise entrant does and also the surprise entrant doesn't always win as he, I know, Ethan Page didn't win his debut match. Nor did Lilo Rush when he came in for the Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing. So part of me thinks it will probably be Thunder Rosa. I, I'm going to go Thunder Rosa. I'll say Thunder Rosa. Here's my hot take. I'm, I, I appreciate Thunder Rosa is popular. 
Mm-hmm. There is something about her I just can't get into. I don't know what it is, but whenever she's in a match, excluding that Britt Baker unsanctioned match, there yeah. is just something about Thunder Rosa I just can't get into. And it, it's actually annoying me at this point. I, I think to a degree, I, I can see where you're coming from because Thunder Rosa has been on Dynamite episodes, but not necessarily been involved in like in a storyline perspective. It's like, here's Thunder Rosa. She's beating this person. Everyone cheer. Hurrah. Off we go. Um, and again, that's, that's a, a thing that AEW still needs to try and flesh out a bit is try and build stories across the women's division that isn't just about the title and that's one of the and i think we we've, we've talked about this previously about it it's like you have some really good women's wrestlers here start giving them like stories to do down the card if they're not going to be in the main event because that's the only way these characters can thrive and get over with the audience as well so yeah, no, no. I, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm and not honestly, I, I do want to emphasize this. This is not me saying Thunder Rosa is crap because she's not. I fully appreciate she's a really good wrestler. She's got a really cool look to her and overall like theme to her, as it were. It's really, really cool. Just whenever I watch a match with her, I'm not. I just I don't find it that interesting. There's just something that hasn't clicked, and I don't know what it is. I'm sure at some point it will happen, but for whatever reason, when I see a Thunder Rosa match, I'm I kind of just am like, oh, okay, all right. Well, I'll watch it because I like AEW sort of thing. Mm. Uh, so when it comes to who could win this, Jade Cargill, I think, is a good bet because do you want to beat her? Given that she's yeah. undefeated. And also, I can't remember if with the Casino Battle Royale that you could choose when you get a title match or if it's just kind of the next Dynamite. But I think they're still I, building up Jade and I don't think they want to beat her. I think it's. I think you get a title shot imminently. So it's like Jungle Boy won at Double or Nothing, and then mm-hmm. he had a title shot within like two, three weeks on Dynamite. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still think they're building Jade. Jade, mm-hmm. and I, she she is definitely on the way to becoming a megastar for AEW. Absolutely. And the Jade um, brand? Jade brand. It's like, I, like their little, I like their little promos. I know, right? I mean, they're just, they're just, simple. Yeah, nice, simple, and effective. And character building. Look, WWE, uh, it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, I think she's not had a rematch for the title, so I think Hikaru Shida could be in with a good shout. Yep. Also, just- shout out to Hikaru Shida's t-shirt on Shop, Shop AEW. It's a samurai cat, and I really want Ooh. it. Look it Are up. Are they delivering pizza? Hmm. Ah, no, if they delivered pizza. Then we have samurai pizza, pizza cats. Pizza oh, cats. God, I want, <laughs> look, that's a debate for another day. Um, You're disgusted I, with me. I apologize. No, no, mate. <laughs> samurai pizza cats is great. It's just, I, I always just don't want to get off the train because otherwise I might, I might just derail us for half an hour talking about it. No um, worries. Elsewhere, uh, I mean, maybe Riho. Because I think just a yeah. Riho Britt Baker title match would be great. I mean, the night, I mean, the good thing looking at this lineup already is there are various really good really good competitors that could probably have a nice little short title for you. I mean, you could you look at Ty Conti. She's been building up quite nicely in AEW. Do you know what? Uh, She's another one that just for whatever reason hasn't clicked with me yet. Don't know what it is. Uh, Kira Hogan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, cement, cementing her probably from moving from Impact over to AEW. That might be quite cool. And again, if you want to throw, if you want to throw uh, an interesting spanner in the storytelling works, what about Jamie Hayter? So this was who I was yeah. going to mention. I reckon her role in this match is basically going to be make sure certain players don't get to the final amount of people, like the final yeah. four. I reckon yeah. that's going to kind of be emphasized on commentary and stuff as well. That's kind of how I imagine this going on that front. But mm-hmm. yeah, otherwise, it wouldn't surprise me if it's woman TBD. 
Yeah. <laughs> it could be, it could be the surprise entrant, but is it TBD one or TBD two? Cause there are two still yet to confirm. Oh, I, I misread. Oh, yeah. So there, there are two Ooh. mystery, two mystery. That's why I said the iconics. Oh, gasp. Um, oh, gasp. Unless mystery. they literally just come out like, <laughs> unless they come out literally as like a double act. Like yeah. it's, it's like a three-legged race. They tie their feet together and stuff. <laughs> moving on. Uh, uh, moving John on. Moxley, the Japanese wrestling legend, Satoshi Kojima. This is going to be great fun. Like Satoshi hmm. Kojima... What's the way to put this? He's not as young as he was. He could still have a really fun match. Like at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. I think he was the last minute replacement in a match for... It may have been Kenta's match. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. That, that was like so like January. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Satoshi Kojima v. John Moxley is going to be good fun. Like it's just mm. going to be good fun. Also, there better be some acknowledgements that, that Satoshi Kojima really likes bread. Go on his Twitter. That will explain everything. Like bread <laughs> club. You know, it's the best. Oh, is he, is he friends with uh, Tofu Chan? That cute, adorable dog Maybe. that loves bread. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good little match. It's going. I think more or less it's more of an exhibition match. because Basically, yeah. It's like, hey, we're working with a New Japan Pro Wrestling, all that sort of stuff. Um, and knowing Moxie, it's going to be a hard-hitting affair. And yeah, he'll just, he'll just stalk to the ring with that absolute intense stare and determination. And um, yeah, it's just, I, I love Moxie as a promo in AEW. I really do. It's great um, fun. It's, it's kind of like, it's like, I respect, I, I, I respect all hell out of Kojima, but I'm just going to beat him senseless. And I'm going to take his scalp. It's like, mm. oh, oh, okay. The thing okay. about Kojima as well is like, he's got, I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he's got- Not that, not that familiar. The way, to, the way I describe him is he's got, he's got a proper aura to him. Like when mm. you see him, you'll just be like, all right, I, I get why, you know, I get why he is like a legend. Like you just, you look at him, the way he, his presence, just the way he conducts himself, there is an aura to him. Yeah. And just him and Moxley being just like against each other, it's just going to be good fun. I'm not expecting this to be like a 20 minute, like bomb burner or anything. Yeah. It's going to be a good, like 10 minutes or so. Just good fun. Two guys probably just hitting, you know, hitting the piss out of each other for a little bit. I'm all for that. Yeah, why not? It's a John Moxley match. You expect that. Uh <laughs> Next up, we have Paul White v. QT Marshall. I'm guessing based on what happened on Dynamite when the gun club have seemingly turned heel and they you attacked mean the Paul one, White. You mean the one Billy Gunn? The one, well, I thought we could only call him Billy because like Billy Gunn's a WWE trademark. So it's like Billy, oh, of, wait, Billy wait, of the gun club. Yes, it's it's a weird faction. I know they're both his sons, but it's a very weird faction. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? It's just... So this is going to sound really dumb. I was far more interested in this match before this segment on Dynamite. Okay. Now that this has happened, I'm just like, I kind of want to just see Paul White come out, kick Cutie in the balls, choke slam him, go home. Oh, I'm just, that, gonna... That's kind of how I pictured it. And now this I know it's not going to be squash. that. This is going to be a glorified squash match. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, it's, but you're going to have like the whole like the factory people come out again, and you know, like Aaron Solo gets swatted out the air like a fly. Oh, it'll be choke slam for that person, choke slam for that person, choke slam for that person, choke slams and 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 the the big knockout punch. You know that little uh, the, the most <laughs> illegal move in the history of wrestling. You it's know, like the so, a straight that, up punch. That, that, that little. More, it's not as deadly as MVP's cane, though, though, is it? 
against the yeah, I mean, you know, it got to get all of Renault's knee muscles, like I said, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I suspect, I suspect White's going to win. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of shenanigans. That's how I'll phrase this, and, and in the politest way possible. And I don't mean this to sound this way. If there was ever a match where people may take a break, this might Could be, be it. One. Could open. Could open the show and be a nice, quick sort of. I reckon it's going to open with the casino match because it's, it probably will, it, yeah. it's quite just a dynamic thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, if Jericho loses, he so I'm going to phrase this in two ways. He must retire from wrestling, as it says on there on the graphic. He will never if Jericho loses, he will never wrestle again. Or as has been said a few times, he will never wrestle again in AEW. Yes, and, and that that wording, the the, the difference in wording doesn't it's confused me to how i feel about this match because he could still go wrestle in japan one day but there's also an element of you just straight up to say retire you know it's far easier i unless jericho's actually retiring which there is part of me that wonders if he might actually Mm. i think jericho's gonna win this i mean a sense, I, I, I feel Jericho would win this because MGF's won three times in a row now. So it kind of feels like if this is how we're going to end the feud, we end the feud. There are some very interesting things from Dynamite in terms of that promo. Yeah. Jericho saying, I started my main event career in Chicago. Yeah. It could be the place for me to end my main event career. Yeah. And this kind of goes, part of me's kind of going, you know, they... Is they, that, what, is that they, 1%? They might actually do it. They might, it's like Jericho might be bidding adieu. And I think considering it's MGF, it would make MGF probably even more despised than he already mm-hmm. is. But then you gotta love hating the guy. That's the, that's the thing with MGF. So the other the other factors I think that come into this are you still mm. technically got the pinnacle V the inner circle happening because we had that awesome match between uh, Proud and Powerful and FTR on Dynamite. Such a good yeah. match between the two. This is still kind of going on. So if Jericho like loses, what happens to the inner circle? I mean, it's already a bit weird in itself already because yeah. we haven't seen Jake Hager in months. But in just, just in, in a sense, there's there's in a way kind of lots of little threads that just aren't really lined up properly at the moment. But yeah, random random tangent. It's like in it's like the inner circle and pinnacle have just kind of just vanished for a while i mean there's still little bits of matches we've had sammy mm. versus uh sean spears we've had ftr versus uh, uh santana Ortiz and all that sort of stuff but the the the, the massive feud and war between them is just kind of it's kind of fizzled. quiet it's kind of quietened on in the background so it's like there's not much really going on there so either so either this is either something that just reignites everything again for like one last thing if jericho wins i mean in all honesty, whatever the result is, if Jericho wins and he carries on, or he, he loses and he actually does retire, we need to move the stop the feud now, please. It's like we it's like yep. this, we've we've had fun, we've enjoyed our singing along with steak dinners and all that sort of stuff, but now is the time to go off in different directions and and do something else. And because it's like I think MGF needs to now start. And again, nothing wrong with MGF as a character or wrestler. It's just I think for the benefit of his character to bloom and really become this uber mega heel in AEW he needs to have a new baby face to kind of squash and toy with 
I agree completely. I think I said it a few weeks ago when we did the last Bunker Bunker Mania that yeah. it feels like it's the point now where if this is it, I'm totally fine with it because he won. Mm-hmm. But there was always a part of me that thought All Out's not that far away. It would make mm-hmm. sense to almost do like a final encounter type thing. But yeah, but yeah, again, there is. It's that whole thing I mentioned a few minutes ago with CM Punk and his debut of you've got a 99% certainty, but there's the 1% that you're just not entirely sure about. And it's that 1% for the retirement part that's making me think, if they do it now, it makes sense. But there's also part of me that just thinks, Mm. ah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Would you say the Labours have kind of muddied this storyline a little bit? Like because we talked about before, yeah. I think I think the labors that occurred occurred in the wrong order. Mm. I think that's what we both kind of came to the conclusion of, and that they should, probably should could have done Nick Gage like second to last, for example, yeah. yeah, and whatnot. But it's just ultimately the I'm sure the crowd heat for this is going to be great because those if you if you've got a ticket to all out and you've been waiting to go to a wrestling show and you haven't been to one already since AEW's been in Chicago for like 2 3 weeks straight now mm. but if you've been waiting to go and you you've got a lot of just like piss and vinegar that you just want to basically hurl at MJF this is the time to do it during this match <laughs> yep especially if he does retire Jericho um i think logically i feel Jericho's winning but the 1%. But 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 I I think I think this could very well be Jericho's last hurrah. I really do. And I think mm. and I think that I think that doubt is a doubt is a great credit to EW in terms of how they're booking this. But also, could you imagine the air being sucked out of the room if he loses? And and it becomes like a really it'll become like a not sucked out of the room and like, oh, the show's terrible. It's just like it's a sudden, oh, we did not see this coming. Mm. And that might make the moment more poignant because it's like sometimes mm. it's very signposted. Good example is um, Undertaker's match with Reigns at WrestleMania. And they talk about it a lot on the last ride. And obviously at that point, Taker's going, maybe this is my last match. Maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with this being my last match. And you've got all the bells and whistles. You've got JR appearing at WrestleMania to do that commentary. Um, it's like, it's the main event. And it's like, you, you kind of feel, oh, He's it, he's it, finishing you. It felt it, like a final chapter. Yeah, but then Undertaker was not happy with the match. So, and I and I kind of found I kind of found that really fascinating and kind of understanding from the last rides documentary standpoint of going. If I'm going out, I'd like to go out on a good match, and I let myself down, and I don't think that's a good idea. And then obviously you have this story in the documentary of of Mark Calloway trying to find this sort of perfect ending to ride off into the sunset. To find I, 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 his last ride. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and funnily enough, it was a great it was the, the graveyard match or the so good <laughs> boneyard match, wasn't it? Like, oh, it's yeah. so good. It's the best presentation <laughs> of The Undertaker has been for years, and I will defend mm. that point. Mm. I, I, yeah. I will go down on a hill if I have to. Speaking anyways, of going down on a hill, Miro and Eddie Kingston are gonna beat the <laughs> piss out of each other, and I cannot <laughs> wait. Oh, God's favorite champion. This is going to be... So, assuming that this match order that we see is correct, which we have no idea if it is... It, it might be different, but... It's if, just, this, it's if, if this match follows Chris Jericho and MJF, this is the match that should follow it, because these two are just going to 
beat the hell out of each other. This is going to be mm. this is not going to be probably anything akin to Walter and Ilya from Takeover because that was freaking brutal and great. But this is yes. going to be kind of in that <laughs> ballpark of these two will just hit the crap out of each other, and I cannot wait. I yeah, I think this will be this will be a really fun match. The promo stuff from Miro and Kingston recently so has been good. great. Love I love the whole sort of I am the redeemer and I and you will be thankful because I have forgiven you. <laughs> and and considering now Lana's release uh period has come up. So the normal oh, is that so? done. It's done. So maybe um, his wife will finally appear. Maybe, <laughs> maybe after after maybe after many, many promos of my beautiful wife, she will love me because I am champion. I lay down for one person and that's my wife. <laughs> that's what that was it. Oh, he's, you can tell he's having fun. He's having fun doing this, and it's great to see. Um, yeah, it's like, I feel if I kind of, part of me kind of wants Miro to, Miro to win through shenanigans, thanks to his, thanks to beautiful wife, making a debut, and I don't know, maybe delivering a low blow or something to Kingston or something like that. But I, it's like, there's mileage there now. There is, there is room to take this redeemer, this redeemer champion to even more Keelishly monstrous heights with with just an incredible inflated, inflated ego, like Miro has demonstrated so long. It's like it's like you use like you go into it's like when he was talking about Fuego del Sol. It's like you got into AEW the wrong way, but it's all right. I forgive you because I am the redeem. <laughs> uh, so it's, and- it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I know. I I'm going with a Miro win, but I'll say this now. If Eddie Kingston wins, I'm so damn happy because I'd love mm. Eddie Kingston to win. But I just feel like I want Miro to do more with the title. Yeah. It's like you've had like some champions who have de- like Derby defending it like after not defending it for so long, he like defended it every week for a while. And I really like that. I would mm. I want the TNT championship to be the equivalent of an old school television title yeah. where it's kind of de- defended regularly on television. And this is the only element of this TNT title currently that mm. I'm always like, I, I, I want to see more, as it were. Yeah. I want to see more of it. So I'm hoping that's what this is going to lead to. Maybe, you know, insert insert name that's not not Lana here. Maybe that will be part of it. Mm. I assume she'll probably end up just being called CJ, I assume. Yeah, she could Yeah, she could just come in as CJ Perry, which is a, a, a normal her name. A literal so. name, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this this could be a dark horse for for match of the night. You never know. Mm. Moving on. So I'm going to change. So I'm going to sort of go away from the curve for a second here because the next four matches. Now I'm going to start with Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. I think this is going to be a a really fun match. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. I see Brit getting the win because I think any other result than that would result in an utter booing fest from the crowd, and um, people will not be happy. Yeah, I've, I think out of out of the out of the the next four matches, that's kind of like, I think out of most of the matches on the card, this is the no brainer result. I mean, yeah. I think I it's like Baker is on a tear. She's she's so over the crowd. She had fun this week saying, I'm going, I've discovered the latest free agent has just signed with AEW. Such a tease. It's me! (laughs) Such a tease, but very well done. Uh, So so not just to gloss over that match, because I think we both agreed that 
It'll be it, a good match. It's gonna be it's a good. fun match. I actually, I genuinely really like Chris Statlander. Her current appearance is what I meant to say, like her current persona. Because before, yeah. before she got her injury, she was. I really like the idea of the character, but since she's come back, she's. What's the way to put this? She's just. She's got a different demeanor to her. Obviously, mm. aligned herself with the best friends, which is a really fun dynamic in itself. But just her presence, she comes across as just so much more in, intense, and I really, really like it. And I think that lends well to her character overall. But I think we we both agreed. It's kind of the result is kind of confirmed at this point. But yeah. I think we've got three matches left. Young Bucks be the Lucha Bros. Yes. CM Punk, so. Darby Allen, Omega, Christian Cage. The reason I'm mentioning all three together at the moment is because I think the important question here, which may determine how we decide on results, which yeah. match closes the show? It will be Punk. You reckon? I, I absolutely reckon it's going to be Punk and Darby Allen. Mm. Chicago, Punk's first match in seven or so years. Mm. You, you'd be a fool. And mm. if, you, that, if you, it guarantees you have your audience watching the entire pay-per-view, mm-hmm. that's fine. I know I talked about it on the last episode, so I will maybe hold off Punk until the very end. No, no, I, I stand corrected. Opening the show with Punk was the right thing to do because otherwise you could imagine the crowd being very, very restless. Um, I think it was just like, it was. It just needed to happen. It just needed to happen organically as it did. And, and, and everyone went away happy. Um, and I think... I think here for all out. I think, I think Punk. I think Punk Allen should main event because it, it's a it's a dream match. It's the first match for Punk, and it's his home. It's his home hometown. And yeah, I th- I think that that's if I was booking the show, that's what I would go for the main event. And that's not discredit to Omega and Cage, because I think considering a lot of people a few weeks ago were a little bit deflated, it wasn't Hangman Page having the match at all out. I think a lot of people have come around to the fact that Omega and Cage are going to have a great little match. They have good chemistry. The Impact title match showed that. So I don't think anyone's anyone's complaining about that AEW. It's it's just another chapter in the story of Kenny Omega there. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you, I mean, shall we? What match shall we have a quick nanner on in terms of predicting the result? There, do you want to talk about CM Punk this time, or should we leave that to last? So. Just to sort of give my quick two cents on which match will go on last. Mm. I agree in saying, I think for this event, Punk and Allen should be the main event because of the scale of the match. Yeah. That said, I am firmly of the belief that a championship match shouldn't be in a main event. That's just a general thing like going back through many years of wrestling. But this is one of the few times I think you have got I won't say the freedom, but I think it's one. This is one of the times you can definitely go. No, this needs to be the main event. Yeah, it's like when an unsanctioned match was the main event, for example. It's like it makes sense because technically the event has finished. Yeah, sort of thing. I, like, I, I, like, I like that. Sorry, sorry, that thing from AEW when they've done lights out matches and That's they say the one, we're going to yeah. turn we're going to turn off the lights and when we come back on the broadcast is over and all sort of branding's gone from the ring and all that stuff, and we'll carry on with this unsanctioned match. I like that. I like that. It makes it feel really special. And really exactly. Kind of, and it makes it stand the, out. Off the books, off the books wrestling. It's like, ooh, exactly. dangerous. Exactly. Um, but I think this is an instance where this is almost too big yeah. to not be the main event. But that said, if it is the main event, and Christian Omega is a freaking barn, barnstormer, and then you have a cage match before this match, which you know 
they're going to go freaking off the wall balls crazy to freaking steal the show and all the insane stuff they could do with a cage mm. could in a weird way could the match have a what's the way to phrase this could it be a detriment to mm. have the match as the main event because at that point could the crowd be too tired hypothetically this is true um and we and we we have kind of seen up with rampage in terms of the last couple of episodes in terms of the best things appeared at the third, at the start of the card so you had like the you had the finals of the tag team tournament, and then you had Punk, and then things mm. kind of felt a little bit deflated. Not not in a bad way, not in the sort of sort of the fans hated to be there. So mm. It's like they'd given it that all for the bits that they love the most, and now they're just kind of going, okay, we're happy here. We're just going to carry on. Yeah, a bit. this is fun very much. I I think I think because we 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 don't know what the it's we've got a confirmed card, but we don't know how the, exactly. How we'll talk about happening. all three regardless of, of the match yeah. order. But I think I think yeah. this, I felt that was a, a very needed discussion to have. No, 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 no. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, also, I've also just seen your note here. I didn't realize this was not happening now. Uh, Andrade v Pack has been pulled. You've got a note saying here. Yes. Um, so they've announced that due to travel issues, uh, Andrade versus Pack is not happening now. Don't travel issues that, for who? Uh, Pack. So oh. Pack's- Packs technically being pulled, um, but then again, I don't know if it's a storytelling motif or something. Like that. It could be for the Lucha Brothers and Andrade, but there is the suggestion that there might be a mystery match, or Andrade might still be at All Out fighting someone. The question is, who? <laughs> oh God, you know, I, I'm always you say that now, and there was always a part of me that's thinking, not in a bad way. I feel like if there's another match on the show, it may be too much. Yeah. Like again, I, I want to see the match. It's not like don't. It's just there's almost that element now of it's like it's like if 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 this is a match that's happening, who is the mystery opponent for Andrade? I mean one an easy thing if he's already signed would probably be someone like an Adam Cole. Yeah. Perhaps if you want yeah. to debut someone. At the same time, I'm just trying to think who's not on who's not being used on the show now, because quite frankly. That, I mean, it's it could literally be, fun. it could be anyone. I guess it's the question of, is it going to be, a, would it be a debut or would it be someone taking his place? I, the way it all comes across is I think they're going to debut someone. Okay. And, and a lot of the reports are now saying it's definitely Danielson. I might be wrong. It might not be Danielson, but it's like, I feel like they've, uh, not, I feel like um, it was noted on some of like the, the report sites. That mm. they feel like I think the source of aim they've pulled the debut forward from the Grand Slam to all out. Because mm. again, it's like you're riding you're riding high on obviously the CM Punk stuff and a and a really good looking card. What better way to kind of make an emphatic statement of we're here, we are the premier wrestling company now mm. than to to debut a WWE, a former WWE champion. A, a, hall of, a hall of fame legendary talent mm. like Danielson but it could be Adam Cole could be Adam Cole might be Adam Cole he's got good he's got no cavities could be Adam Cole <laughs> it could be Grizzly Redwood or it could, it, there's a deep cut or, for anyone who knows that reference <laughs> or 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 the, the slightly left field it could be the former Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews as he's going down. You see, that actually that might be fun. Yeah. Because you don't doesn't matter who wins or loses. You expect Andrade to win that match. But it's just like, oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't know if they had many matches in WWE. I don't think they did. I think they won two separate. No, no, no. They won Raw. They won Raw. You know what? I'm just gonna quickly look this up. Andrade 
v buddy murphy let's see what comes yeah. up i'm uh, sure <laughs> first result 2k battlegrounds no that's not what i want <laughs> <laughs> have you not been playing 2k battlegrounds jeremy um honestly nothing's come up as like an immediate result okay so it might be the first might be a first time match who knows it might be fun i mean it, it may comes. also just be because not many people are watching 205 live in, in the grand scheme of things he was the best kept secret yeah literally so you know what if that does happen i would be up for that but there's also an element where i would almost want the match to have time because andrade really needs to have a great match but there's also the element of yeah who wins that because you're debuting buddy but then you got andrade like it's, mm. yeah, it's it's a bit more of a minefield. Than that, I mean, but. I mean, it, I mean to to save face, maybe you if the Lucha Brothers do win the the tag team belts in the cage and they somehow align themselves with Andrade because Pac is not there for whatever reason, could be mm. storytelling reason to be honest. Um, and then basically maybe maybe the Lucha Brothers come out and have Andrade's back or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Ch- or maybe Chavo Guerrero or part of the Andrade entourage tries to get involved and say, oh, you're ruining this nice moment for this wrestler. Stop it. Hmm. And cause a DQ. I mean, imperfect. There might not actually be a match. It might just be Andrade comes out, has a moment that his opponent's not there. Someone comes out, lays him out, walks off. Debut confirmed. Done. I mean, you know who's not on this show anywhere? Who? Mr. Malachi Black. This is true. Uh, he's got a match on Rampage, I think, tonight. Oh, that makes sense then. But uh, mm. anyway, so we've got three matches anyway. to talk. Um, we'll do do cage match first. So Young, cage. Bu- <laughs> Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. I genuinely feel this match has got an insane amount of potential to steal the show. This could yeah. be absolutely utterly mentally crazy. Mm. I also think the Lucha Brothers should win. I love mm. the Young Bucks as the champs, but I think it's got to a point. And I miss you, I didn't see the full beatdown on Dynamite because on the Fight TV feed, it cut out like de- dead on the two-hour mark. So I don't yeah, know how the actual yeah. segment ended. But uh, I just I think we're at a point now where effectively all three champions are heels. And mm. it's good fun having it that way. But there is a part of me that still thinks Adam Page is going to be the one. I mean, this is jumping forward a tad now, but it makes sense. That yeah. Adam Page will be the one to dethrone Kenny Omega. I just think yeah. that has to happen. It, it has to. So I think the Lucha Bros will win because at this point, you, it would be cool to have some face champions or at least, mm. you know, not the not heels as the tag champs. I mean, I I would probably be happy with Lucha Bros winning, but again, you still think there's, I still think there's like unfinished business of Dark Order. Oh, 100%. Totally, it's, but it 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 feel, I mean, it's it's a hard match. I mean, I think when the match was first, when this match was first announced, not before Lucha Brothers won it, and they said, "Oh, it's going to be a cage." You kind of go, "Yeah, I can see the Young Bucks losing their titles." But now I get now I I'm, I'm not. This is again a nice little testament to the booking of AEW. Here, it's mm. like, I mean, I wouldn't be too opposed if the Young Bucks won, but without the help of the elite. But this is the thing that they they said on commentary that the cage is specifically to keep the elite out. But what if they're hiding under the ring? I mean, look, Brandon Cutler's got (laughs) Brandon Cutler's got cold spray. He'll probably just like have it on a pole and just like feed it through a (laughs) hole and just spray it. Oh, he'll just he'll just lower down from above on a on like a little little rappel and go. For the record, Brandon Cutler's is the best stooge. Mm. He really is. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
I think logically I would say Lucha Brothers take the belts. But part of me wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be too mad if, 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 if the Unbucks have the belts, to be honest. Oh, likewise, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got no issue if the Unbucks are still the champs. It's, but I'm just it, thinking they've had them a long time now. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I would like to see Lucha Bros win, but I will I will be happy whatever the result with this one, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, it, it should be a great match. It should be a really good fun match. Indeed. Um, and so for the AEW Championship, we have... Oh. We have Mr. Kenneth Omega against Christian of Cage. And the carny piece of... That is Don Callis. (laughs) Uh, The invisible hand. Don Don Callis is a treasure on AEW. I hope he's on commentary (laughs) for this match. I really do. Oh, the dynamite, the dynamite where they show the video of basically saying, why did you not bring back Christian? I found this young lad. He's called Kenny. He's 10 years old. <laughs> and then Cage goes, I don't know what's more weird. The fact that you managed to manipulate a 10-year-old boy or the fact that he's still being manipulated today. <laughs> and you got the, hey, hey, Christian, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't. <laughs> I laughed oh, so hard. That was, that was beautiful but- you know, actually i'm gonna say this now before i forget i meant to mention this during the jericho talk earlier but yeah there was a moment where jericho called mjf in his promo a piece of shit and tony mm. shivani just under his breath just goes common common knowledge <laughs> just, i just i also love like, the best just to draw on that tangent i just love how tony shivani just doesn't want anything to do with mgf and every time he has to do something he just just going i don't want to be here but yep. all right it's like i'm going to be on my phone for a bit now you you talk hmm. <laughs> um, so, so this this title match yeah obviously we had the really freaking great match on rampage with the impact mm-hmm. title i don't see omega losing for the reason that i said a few moments ago and that i just I, I think it just it has to be adam page that dethrones omega I yeah. just think everything is leading to that, and it has to be that. That's if, yeah. if ultimately it isn't, so be it. I trust AEW to make it work, but mm. I just feel for the couple of years storyline now that this has been building to, mm. it has to be Page the Omega that ultimately yeah. is the way it goes. So I, I still see it being another great match, but I think Omega will get this one. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I'm with you. It's also, it's it's very hard to see Cage taking that belt. And the fact the fact matter is he's been undefeated since he joined at Revolution. A loss isn't gonna hurt Christian Cage, to be perfectly honest. He's he's had some really great matches in there. He had the impact match title win as well, which was really, really good. Yeah, this is this is this is Kenny Omega continues on his warpath of being the dastardly heel that he is with Don Callis. And, and uh, yeah, we are ju- we are just lying in wait possibly for the Adam Page showdown. Which I mean, I'm not. I'm not has he totally ha- ha- has the little one actually arrived in the world yet? Do we know? I'm not sure. I am not sure because mm. I guess that's going to depend on when he'll be back. But I mean, yeah. the other thing. I mean, I don't know how this would go down, but the other possibility is time limit draw. That could be an option because then neither champ is beaten. How long are the championship matches? They're like thirty or sixty minutes. I want to say sixty. And it's pay-per-view. It'll be a long pay-per-view, but it's pay-per-view. Yeah, but as much as I, I like Omega and Cage, I'm not sure I could be that invested for 60 minutes. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, if you ever wanted 
I, I, if it was, I, if it was I don't page. see him doing DQ, not DQ, because I, it's like on Dynamite, they actually had the Orange Cassidy match for the US audience end during the ad break. Yeah. Which was freaking great. I loved it because it's like, good. You've actually established that you have to pay attention now. They shouldn't do it every week or anything like that, but you've oh, actually no, now no, no. established. It's like when they did their first DQ in the, um, it was the Iron, no, two out of three falls or Iron Man match between Omega and Pac on Dynamite. The first DQ that AEW had was randomly in a two out of three falls match. Yeah. Like it's just, they, they, they don't have to make a big deal of it, but they've done it once I, now and they've established it. I think there might be shenanigans that stops Cage in his, mm. in his quest to take the belt. Um, or I'm, sure, I'm sure the uh, or, super elite or, will get involved. Mm. Or Kenny, or Kenny just beats him clean, or whatever, what whatever happens. Um, but yeah, I do not see that belt leaving Omega's waste any time too soon. I think, like we said, it's it's it, it, the Hangman Page story writes itself. Mm-hmm. And then finally, what we have both agreed will more than likely be the main event: CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I mean, on the graphic it says with Sting, but as Sting said on uh, on Dynamite. He will basically be in the building. He'll fist bump Darby on the ramp and then he'll go backstage because this is going to be one-on-one. Yeah. I am very... I, I, I Honestly, I can't express how excited I am to see this, but I'm also really trying to like temper down my expectation because... Yeah, kind of ground, ground yourself a bit. Yeah, and the reason I say that... Oh, this is going to make me sound like a proper piece of crap, but Punk delivered the GTS... During that, he got the beatdown thing that happened on him on Dynamite with mm. 2.0. Did you notice how heavy breathing he was doing while Sting was talking? Possibly. Maybe. I mean, I, I get like, you know, he's not really, well, he's on camera. He's not been in the ring for a while. And, you know, either way, you're allowed to breathe. I get that. But there was just part of me that saw that and was wondering, is that a, is that a sign or... I don't know. I'm, 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 knows? I'm probably just overthinking because I really just want this to go well. This is where ultimately this is all I care about. I just want this match I, to go well. I think, yeah, I think regardless of the result in the match, I think as long as Punk shows or Punk shows everyone that he can still go, might not, he might not have to go like 20 or 25 minutes. It might be, mm. it might be a 15 minute match. Who knows? I think it, it will might be. just be. It might just be crazy moves left, right, and center, and off we go. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think I would just like a nice, a, a good match, not many botches, and just, heck, I'll take a freestyle match, as long as just, just, just to get us off the ground running with Punk. Because once Punk gets comfortable, it'll probably be the sky's the limit. To be perfectly exactly. honest, in that side of things, in terms of the results, exactly. I, I, I. I, I I mean, part of me kind of feels you could do Derby to give him like a proper boost, but it's got to be Punk. It's it's like first match back in seven years. It's the emphatic statement of Punk still got it by winning, and it's like again, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too shocked if Derby won. Well, no, no, I would be slightly shocked. I would be a little bit shocked. But again, this is a result that if either one of these, if either one happened, I'll just go fine. As long as you have a good match, and the the finish isn't strange or silly, and it's nice and clean, don't mind, don't mind. But common sense tells me it's punk. It has to be. I I, I basically agree with you. But the thing is, though, there is a part of me that just thinks Darby. What's the way to phrase this? Darby turns heel. No, no. no I, I think 
in a way, what's the way to try and articulate this? To, I'm trying to say Derby should win without saying Derby should win. Because I mean from the perspective that Punk's made it abundantly clear he's coming back after seven years, he wants to like wrestle the young talent and kind of help bring them up and whatnot. Mm. And part of me just makes me think, is he going to be the one to say, no, Derby's winning this? Because then there's also the element of the whole idea of the match as well is that Punk has said, you know, you can wrestle Punk, but nothing's more dangerous than Punk in Chicago. Mm. So there's the element then that if they're ever going to do a rematch, it's almost on the idea that, you know, you couldn't beat him in Chicago when he's at his worst, but you can do it somewhere in like Bumbletown, California. I don't know. Or Grand Slam. Maybe, do you know what I mean? It's just that there is an element to where I think it makes complete sense that Derby should win if this is the way it goes. But yeah, like punk, basically. Like if it's not punk, like I say, it wouldn't surprise me, but it would need to be a damn good way of doing it, which I have every faith in AEW doing because they've proved, they've more than proved themselves at this point. Yeah, I think the only the only people they may need to convince in that building might be the fans. But or time limit draw. <laughs> there's always that. But then I think people might still feel a bit cheated, to be honest. There you go. I don't know. I don't know, but no, the, the it's like as much as I think a Derby win would be quite cool and kind of go, oh wow, he's really gonna skyrocket up the ranks and be like he's they're demonstrating that he is one of the big stars of AEW. I mean he already mm. is. But this really cements him as like a homegrown AEW talent, not from another country. This is like AEW original, tried and tested, all that sort of stuff. Mm. I think would be cool. But yeah, it just—it's kind of we need. Well, let, let's finish off the lovely return story of Punk, and then we can explore the fun, the fun, the frills, and the and the oddities of maybe he loses to other people. There you or, go, right? Whatever chance. But yeah, but no, bottom line, I've, uh, this pay-per-view, I'm more excited. I, I, it's like, it took me a, it took me a couple of weeks to, to come around to it all out and, and some of the car choices, but I think this will be a good show. The, if, if they deliver this, this will be probably the wrestling show of the year. I'm going to go on record now as saying this is the most anticipated show of this year without fail. Wrestle, mm. you, now look, I obviously... It's been a weird year. WrestleMania mm. was the first big show in front of a crowd. That notwithstanding, in terms of hype for a pay-per-view, this is easily and by far the biggest we've seen in a long time. And I am yeah. so excited to see it. And But when we next do Bunkermania, we will be talking about this pay-per-view, or at the very least the aftermath of it as well at some point. We're still they, trying kind to- of, they, they kind of melt together. They kind of melt exactly, together. Exactly. So. We're sort of still fine-tuning the schedule and whatnot. But... Mm. It, I'm going to say, folks, on that note, because we've been going for over two hours now. Thank you so much for for tuning in and and listening and watching and such. I think we're going to bring this to a close, this edition Mm -hmm. of Bunker Mania. But before we go, we do quickly want to say that um, when it comes to subscribing and such, Ian, I know you wanted to make sure to point this out. We are now in the month of September. Yes. So this means that subscribers can join today or uh, for, for, can join today for less, quite frankly. I believe that's that's the way it goes. Yes. Missy, I'm still fairly new to Twitch myself, Ian, so I think I'll hand this bit over to you so you can yes, explain so, it in a far more confident way than I can. Yeah, so basically this is, uh, it's an annual thing that Twitch does. It's September, uh, so it allows people, new subscribers to join channels 
at a lower discounted rate. I believe it's, you say, 20%. You can also do that for gifting subs to new viewers as well. Um, again, it's the same usual benefit for the Twitch, uh, Twitch streamers. We get, obviously, a little bit of that as well to help support the channel and help us grow and help us bloom and help us uh, prosper and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yes, we are, we'll be doing a couple of streams across September. Obviously, we are still in the middle of the of the of the little rebuild of bunkers at the moment um hopefully when we get to october there'll be a, a more concrete streaming schedule covering all the basic brands of movies video games anime and of course a couple episodes of bunker mania along the way as well um so yes um even even by clicking the follow button which is completely free to do so you're supporting us and that's that that's that will be amazing so Give that little heart button a click if you haven't done already, and you'll find out when we go live next time. As well as that, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and of course, on Twitch at Bunkerzilla UK. So, yes, it's a little bit quiet on this front at the moment, but come October, we will be back and we will be stomping once again. Exactly. So, yes. If you want to stomp on over to to more of Bunker, what, what Bunkerzilla has got, quite frankly, including some more Bunker Mania, you can check out our recent episode on the Invasion pay per view. Because yes. th th this year is the 20 years since that pay-per-view happened. So we both gave it a watch and had a good little chin wag about that. And you can check out past episodes of Bunker Mania as well on the YouTube channel. And if you want to get mm -hmm. in contact with Bunkerzilla, you can do so by email at contact at .uk. You can feel free to send yes. us your thoughts if you have any things you want to convey. If you completely mm -hmm. disagree with anything that either myself or Ian have said, let us know. Yes. We'd love to hear from yes. you. <laughs> and uh yes um i'm sorry everything what else i was going off on a tangent there but no yes that that is all as all the public service announcements when it comes to bunkerzilla uh of course um we are both also on twitter so if you want to chat to us about wrestling on twitter you are more than welcome to do so and uh yes um I can go first. you can follow me on twitter at decaday and i also stream on twitch on Sundays and Mondays at the moment over at twitch.tv slash the deck of day. And Sundays we play simulator games. This Sunday it will be farming simulators. So I'm going to start making a harvest and what could possibly go wrong with that? Your lead into all out. <laughs> Your lead into all out. Get ready for the biggest day of wrestling. We're farming. Farming. All that sort of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, on Monday it is uh, Watch Along, which is. Uh, some of the old uh, shows from the past. So we've been currently going through the Street Fighter animated series that is starting to come towards the, the end of its tenure. Uh, so I'll be looking for more shows, uh, but we also enjoy some local commercials as well, which is an experience in itself. Oh, isn't it um, just? Isn't it just? But uh, yes, lots of fun there. Do pop on over. It'll be lovely to see you there. So Jeremy, how can people get in touch with you and follow you? I mean, you can find me on Twitter. It's probably the easiest way to find me, Twitter or Instagram, quite frankly. Uh, I am I, at Jeremy G and then underscore underscore because that's mm -hmm. just the way life works when it comes to usernames. In terms of streaming, I, I mentioned it previously. I am still in the works of getting something together. So hopefully we'll have mm -hmm. some more news to share on that soon. I'm hoping I might be able to start doing something on my own channels this during this month. We shall see. It's just oh, cool. logistics and getting everything sorted. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, probably more for a discussion off air, Ian, but I'll be hitting you up to get some pointers and uh, <laughs> some uh, some thoughts on that. But, uh, but yeah, so if you want to find me, have a chinwag, and if I don't respond immediately, it's probably because I'm staying spoiler-free, because that's what I do. I, I am very known to just go dark for a day or two on social media to avoid yes. anything spoiled. I, I mean, when it's a pay-per-view, I really don't want the results spoiled. I... I uh, I go dark. I go dark until like six p.m. So I've watched it. 
Everyone can talk to me again. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All that sort of stuff. But there you go. But a bit, folks, thank you very much for tuning into this edition of Bunker Mania. As you can tell, we're both very excited for All Out this weekend. We hope you are as well. And until our next episode, we will talk to you soon. Have a great All Out weekend. And if you want a little bit of fun, do the All Out karaoke. You do All In first, All Out next, All In, All Out, All, all In. You do the All Out hokey cokey and you turn around. CM Punk is now back. Hooray! Oh, water on Fight TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not, we're not sponsored by Fight TV, but do call us. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you soon. Stomp on Monsters of Culture. Stomp on. Good night. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.